Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. In the third, the man they get a lot of help side by a lot of folks, including Aaron Neesmith, who's going to join us coming up here in about 15 minutes and more of my thoughts. But on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, staked out in Vegas today doing whatever. I'm sure something fun. The former NBA guard from the Pacers Radio Network and Pacers TV. It is Eddie Gill today. I, I can't tell you how impressed I was. You know, obviously going back to Monday night, Eddie, with that win over the Celtics. And then last night with what they did with Milwaukee. These are the levels in which I have expected. And to see that come to fruition on Monday and then last night especially, that's very gratifying for me. I can't imagine what it is for these guys. These guys have that level of play, maybe not night in and night out, but they have that level of play in them, don't they? Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, when you do it against that caliber of opponent, uh, mounted expectations really starts to rise on what you're capable of uh, on a more consistent basis, specifically on the defensive end of the floor. You referenced Aaron Neesmith, if, if someone, the casual fan, just looked at the box score and said, hey, who had a great game? He's probably the eighth or ninth guy that you think had a great game. But he was incredible uh, defensively with what he was able to do in terms of just making things hard. Uh, one possession he's guarding, you know, Damian Lillard. He's picking him up full court, making harassing him the whole entire possession. The next possession he's guarding, Giannis Antetokounmpo, making life miserable for him. So you have a guy like that on your team that's just really invaluable in terms of what your, your defensive focus and, and, and dedication may be. Hey, Eddie, we talked about this going back to Tuesday, right? Eddie Gill joins us. It, it is not – and I thought Shaquille O'Neal brought this up on TNT Monday night and said, listen, it, it's one thing about not having, you know, a, a defensive prowess throughout the game, but if you're as good offensively as the Pacers and you can mix in some late-game defensive stops, a lot of times that can be enough. And I'll be damned, that's exactly what we've seen against Boston. And then we saw it again last night against the Bucks. These late-game stops, you may not be very good at all at defense, but if you can put together a couple of late-game stops for a team this good offensively, Eddie, that can be good enough. Yeah, it's a difference maker. And really, you take, the, with the exception of that third quarter, when, when Damian Lillard gets going, and obviously they put 43 on the board, which is a big number, but those other three quarters... Yeah. The Pacers were, were very good. They were yeah. solid defensively. Um, so you got to tip your hat in terms of the overall effort. And and with the, the, their pace of play, they're never going to be a top five defensive team, which is okay because you, you're so prolific from an offensive standpoint. And their pace of play is just going to be more possessions. It's just, it's just tougher to get into that capacity. But having said that, if you're in the middle uh, of the pack in, in terms of the league and, and, and mix in those, those timely stops that you reference in close games, this team can be more than competitive down the stretch. So Eddie Gill joining us. Pacers win 128-119 get the Lakers in the championship of the first ever in-season tournament in the NBA. That's tomorrow night in Las Vegas, Nevada. I remember when he put 54 on the board. And I, I've, I've never thought before that 37 looked that difficult to get as it did last night. I mean, I never thought I was going to say, wow, you held him to 37. That's great. But Giannis in that, that first meeting – in that loss by the Bucks, he scored 54. And he mentioned after the game 
that he was gassed down the stretch. He touched the ball in the final eight minutes, honestly, Eddie, maybe two times, three times at the most. I think yeah. scored maybe twice. And he yeah. it was a combination of, of, I thought the Pacers really got down to business defensively too. But he was gassed, I thought, last night down the stretch in that fourth quarter. Yeah, that's, that goes to the point I referenced about Neesmith. I mean, picking the guy up, you know, full court and he's harassing him and not waiting for him to attack and then just be yeah. so reactionary. You just have to really make him work just to dribble the basketball. Just casual dribbles. They can't be casual. And that's what I thought they did a good job of. He also, they also limit his opportunity. He, had, he only had 19 shot attempts. He was able to get to the free throw line. And for some reason, whenever he sees the Pacers, he all of a sudden becomes uh, Tim Legler from the free throw line or someone because he's making them when he yeah. gets there. <laughs> but, but also, again, you know, he's a, uh, I think he's shooting 60-something percent from the, from the free throw line on the season, but he's been shooting at a higher clip against the, against the Pacers. But yet again, limiting his opportunity, and each and every opportunity comes with a struggle and some significant uh, resistance. So that's what, that's what you're able to do. So, and Boyle, Mark Boyle and I had the same discussion about, quote-unquote, holding a guy to 37. Uh, I think, yeah. you know, you, you tip your hat to that performance because, again, he's arguably, arguably the best player in the game. And you're just making things difficult for him. And with the exception of that third quarter by Damian Lillard, uh, you made it difficult on him as well. Uh, I want to talk to him coming up after you here, Aaron Neesmith. Is uh, is he now evolved into, I don't want to say stopper. For one, that sounds lame, and nobody gets stopped in the NBA. I mean, everybody's just too damn good. But is is he that guy? Is this his role right now to be able to guard basically anybody on that floor? Yeah, when, you, when you're talking about a guy who can guard every position on the floor, uh, legitimately one through four, and, and like I think I mentioned to you the other day, he, he was able to guard or he was forced to guard and beat for half a quarter in Philly and, and made life miserable on him. He's definitely the guy you can go to uh, to guard multiple positions just because he has a, he has a toughness and a strength and size to the game that no one else can bring. Um, I do like what Bruce Brown does on the perimeter. I like what Andrew Nimhart does on the perimeter. But in terms of being able to guard one through four legitimately and make life miserable on the opponent, Aaron Neesmith is that guy. You played the position. You played a long time in the NBA. So, I, I, I mean, obviously, whatever you say, I take the heart right here. But how ridiculous has Tyrese Halliburton been? Extremely. <laughs> there, there's not a we – don't, we don't have a great description to, to describe what he's been do, doing. I, you know, he had a historic month in November. And, uh, you know, we get to December, and he just he takes it to another level, especially when you're considering the opponents that he's doing it against. Uh, the caliber of players, he, he's right there within, in any discussion in terms of point guards as far as who's the best in the game right now. Um, his confidence is, is, is on another level, just a completely different stratosphere. Um, he just Each time he goes out on the floor, he has a, a moxie, and he's carrying himself as he's the best player on the floor each and every night. He is Eddie Gill, the Pacers Radio Network. You'll hear him tomorrow night with Mark Boyle. They got that final for you in Las Vegas between the Lakers and the Pacers uh, coming up tomorrow night right here. And, again, there's going to be a watch party at Gambridge Fieldhouse. And, again, we'll talk about that coming up a little bit later on. But something local fans may want to do to watch that game uh, tomorrow night. I, I also wanted to bring this up, too, as far as Halliburton is, is concerned. And this is really everybody. You know, we talked about it in terms of getting stops late in the fourth. But clearly – these guys got down to business. I mean, they're getting in a stance, and they are trying to guard much more than we have seen them here in the past, at least this season so far at times. Is, is this 
Is this something new we're going to see? Because I, I want to see this. Like, I have expectations, Eddie, for this every game. Not to play at this incredible level every game because it's a long season, but my expectations are that high. Does that raise the bar with this group, especially on the defensive end with you as well? I, I think it does, and as it should. I think T.J. McConnell made the comment a couple games ago that we told on ourselves, I think it was, was the quote, and that was just effectively saying, hey, we're capable of this, and for whatever reason, we haven't been able to do it, but now we've seen it, uh, you know, a little bit more consistently over the last couple of games, so now you should be able to go out there and do it, because they have all the, the tangible requisite skills in terms of quickness, athleticism, length, they, they have all of those things. Now it's the intangibles, can you do night in and night out, and that's just being able to communicate at a high level, execute the defensive strategies at a super high level, pay attention to the details, just sit down in a stance, take pride and, and prowess yeah. in terms of your one-on-one -on -one matchup, guard the first and second bounce, some of these types of things. And now, you, and now you're really working with something in terms of taking pride in, in what your execution looks like out there. So 100% the, ex, the expectations have risen, and, and being able to do it on a more consistent basis Will, will lean itself to significant success and, 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 um, and, and ultimately more wins down the stretch. And I'll give you another point, and Eddie Gill joins us to that, too. I always thought if, if Buddy Hill didn't knock down threes, then he's got to go and catch some pie because he just can't play out there. He can't utilize it. Uh, he didn't shoot it well at all. Three of 11, zero of six. But then when you look at the box score and realize how many extra possessions, extra looks he got them, he had four offensive rebounds, a part of an 11-rebound night. I, that, that may stand out more than anything else right there. You're talking about a night when he's 0 of 6 from 3 and adds absolutely nothing. But on the glass where the Pacers normally really struggle, it was big. And a couple of those offensive rebounds were really huge, those tap-outs, things like that. So, you know, maybe he is somebody – I don't know if that's just the engagement of the moment, but that was something I did not think resided with Buddy Heald. Yeah, no, I, I think, you know, that that is something that is, is huge. Uh, when you have a guy who's so prolific in terms of shooting the basketball, okay, what, what other value can you bring? And, he, and that's what he was able to do. I think he, he does – or he did a great job of, of rebounding, getting extra possessions, like you said, 11 rebounds. And then when it, when it comes to one-on-one -on -one, uh, defense, he has shown the ability to, to, A, that he cares, first and foremost, and then B, that he's going to sit down in the stands and try to at least make it difficult on a guy and not just let people blow by him and those types of things. So I, I give him a ton of credit uh, for being staying engaged, staying supportive. Uh, you know, early on in the season, he's coming off the bench and he's put back in the starting lineup. He's a guy who's just been a true pro um, throughout, the, throughout the entire process and, and just being around the team. His spirit and, and uh, really energy around the team is infectious. Like, he's a guy who really just breathes energy and life into your team regardless of what's happening out on the court. He is Eddie Gill with us. Are, did, are they doing a practice, short practice, walkthrough? What are they doing today out there? Literally, literally just wrapped up, actually. I'm uh, standing outside the arena talking to you guys, and, um, you know, their media's in there with, with, um, with some of the players now, and, and uh, they, yeah, they just wrapped up. So they had a nice, nice walkthrough and, and, and shots and, 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 you know, obviously went over some scout, scouting stuff for, for what they plan on doing tomorrow. Um, what, what's the latest on Nimhard? I, your guess is as good as mine. I know he uh, was got some testing and stuff today, so I'm not, I'm not sure exactly. Uh, did see him walking around, so that's that's a great sight to see. But it, it, he he took a, a rough step yesterday. I'm sure everyone saw that. It didn't look good, but he's walking around today, and um, you know we'll see we'll see what they come up with in terms of testing.
Man, Eddie, here's a big deal in the third quarter because uh, they were their boat was taken on water, and he, he saved them two or three times in that third quarter. Oh, he was huge. He was absolutely huge. I thought he had came in and had a, a you know a really good five or six minute stretch that just kept kept the Bucks at bay and 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 really was able to still continue to like you said you know the boat was taken on water. That's well put there because uh, it, it looked like it was going the wrong direction. And um, but what you expected? I mean, that's a, a championship caliber team. Uh, you expect them to make a run at some point. Um, just being able to withstand that run and then and then come back and make a run on your own, and that's what they were able to do. So, Eddie Gill with us, before I let you go, um, your, your thoughts on the Lakers coming up tomorrow night. You know, I, I, this is all the way around been perfect so far for the Pacers, and they need it. And we know this. A team like the Lakers, an organization like the Lakers, they don't need this. I mean, it's so home. Here we are again on ABC on Saturday night, blah, blah, blah. But I will say this, LeBron James has brought vintage LeBron James, as we saw last night. And because of that score, he got a lot of time to rest. What does the Lakers squad look like in terms of the matchup with the Pacers tomorrow night? They, they are one of the uh, most perplexing teams out there for me. Uh, LeBron has continued defeating time. Uh, you know, that 30, 38 and 5 in 22 minutes is ridiculous. Uh, so, he, he, to your point, he's got plenty of time to, to rest. Uh, Anthony Davis on any given night can look like the best player in the league. Uh, and sometimes in a game, he looks like the best player in the league in, you know, for a quarter or two quarters, and then the next, he's disappearing. So, I'm not sure. Uh, but they they seem to me to, to be a team that's locked in and, and it would like to go in and, and get this done. So, I, uh, the gauntlet continues uh, for the Pacers in this in-season tournament play. Um, you know, you look at the, their 6-0 and record and the and, – you know, the four out of four of those those teams on there, you know, arguably contenders uh, in the league. So, yeah. super impressed with that. Uh, the Lakers, again, on any given night, can can be the best team or the worst team in the league. So, uh, but I think I, I foresee a, a spirited uh, effort, a spirited bunch uh, in the Lakers. So, it, it should be a, a really good turnout. And, and with LA being three, four hours down the road, it's going to feel like a road game. Well, I mean, it's also a, uh, Vegas on a Saturday night, and, you know, guys that I've never heard of that are uh, evidently YouTube stars are going to be sitting there and getting their pictures taken and stuff. So this is probably going to be, you know, something very uh, very embraced, let's just say, by the well-to-do in Vegas coming up tomorrow night. But, again, hey, Eddie, this has been great for the Pacers. I mean, everything that they need to re-engage and build their brand has all taken place over this past week. Uh, this in-season tournament has been tremendous for for the Pacers in particular. First of all, obviously, the, the results have been fantastic. The teams they played were great. They were able to still come with positive uh, uh, results at the end of them. But, yeah, this has been an incredible experience. You're, you're talking about higher sense of urgency on these games for December games. Um, a young team that only a handful of guys have played meaningful playoff minutes. Uh, so they've got, to, got a chance to really experience what, what that's like. Um, so either way, obviously they want to come out with the win, but I think at the end of it all, um, success and, and, and positive results here for the Pacers in, in the season tournament. Before I let you go here, too, Eddie White just texted me and said the Pacers party at Gamebridge is sold out. That is sold out for tomorrow. A viewing party at Gamebridge is sold out. I, Eddie, I can't tell you. I know you see this all the time, but we, we have a thirst. We have a hunger in this market right now for a winner. And you got it in, You got it with the Pacers. You got it with the Colts. And this thing is hit at a perfect time. It's a beautiful time for the city, for sure. You, you bring up a great point. The Colts have, have gotten hot here over the last few weeks. And the Pacers clearly 
have, have bottled something up over here the last couple of weeks, especially in this in-season tournament play. Uh, that environment last Monday uh, against the Celtics was incredible. Uh, and, and I would love to see what's, what's going to happen there uh, during that viewing party. I'm sure it's going to be great. Uh, and hopefully the, the game will, will be competitive on both ends and, and something exciting for everyone to see. Hey, how was the environment there? It, it like uh, we come off that game Monday night. The best environment of the NBA so far was the Pacers' home court at Gambridge on Monday night against the Celtics, and then you have to go to that. What was it like in that building last night? I, honestly, it was a little bit stale. You got two teams from the Midwest. Um, I will say yeah. that there were there were definitely uh, some, some Pacers fans who made the trip, so th- they were there and and made some noise. Um, and, and both and same same from Milwaukee, and then also they obviously have. Uh, the national attention when you have guys like Giannis Antetokounmpo and, and Damian Lillard and what they've been able to do over their career. So you had fans that were, were individual fans that were fans of those guys, but it was it was stale in, in comparison, yeah. right? You didn't necessarily have this huge uh, influx of, of, of Pacers or Bucks fans. Uh, so it was a little, a little bit stale. I don't think it will be that way tomorrow. Again, you know, L.A. is, is literally three, four hours down the road, yeah. and, and I'm sure you have um, uh, just anyway, the, you know, the Lakers machine that it is. There'll be some more Lakers fans in here. That's uh, Eddie Gale, former NBA guard, and, of course, for the Pacers Radio on Pacers Television Networks on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Keep everybody in line out there in Vegas, okay? Make sure. I'll do my very, I'll do my very best. <laughs> Take it easy, Eddie. Thank you. Thank you, guys. From Eddie Gill in Vegas to somebody that did a great job last night. I mean, really off the bench and what he did, especially on the defensive end uh, from the Pacers, Aaron Neesmith on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I know it's been a busy day for you, kind of a whirlwind so far. Aaron, thank you for joining us. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you guys for having me. Oh, dude, last night, let me tell you what. And I, I, I don't, I'm assuming you noticed this or not. I, I viewed this as this whole in-season tournament being perfect for you guys that home environment you got with that Celtics win on Monday you know there last night getting that win against the Bucks. you guys as a team viewing this thing as the fan base clearly will be viewing I'll give you a great example there's a viewing party at Cambridge Fieldhouse tomorrow night to watch you guys that's sold out that is <laughs> sold great. out to watch you guys on TV which is awesome you guys feeling that too right now Man, that that's crazy and the, the support we get from you know the fans in Indiana is unmatched the energy that they bring in the game bridge every single time we play especially on that game against boston on monday was ridiculous probably the best environment i've ever played in i thought aaron that that's by far the best environment i've seen in the nba this year i mean i watch a yeah. ton of games and that is it was it was such like a college environment i mean that's what, yeah. the way that it felt it was, to me it was and electric can you tell and i say this all the time that the fans here are hungry like, I know you guys looked hungry last night against the Bucks, but this fan base is hungry, and it's almost like everybody's kind of jumping on board with you guys right now in this first ever in-season tournament. You're feeling the love, I'm assuming, from everybody with that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We're feeling the love. People are hopping on board. You know, they're realizing that we're for real. Um, and, you know, a lot of people didn't think we'd make it this far, and we've just continued to prove people wrong every step of the way. Here's Aaron Neesmith to the Pacers. Um, the t- how many times you get matched up with Giannis last night? Do you know? Kind of a ballpark figure of how many times? Potentially? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Probably. I mean, every time he was in the game, it feels like. <laughs> yeah. What, well, I thought I, it's weird to say this, but I don't care. The dude went for 54 last time. 
37, and the way that thing was going, he was getting to the free throw line every time you guys sneezed out there mm. last night. Yeah. And I thought, I, th- I thought this was going to be another one of those, you know, half a hundred type of marks. But 37 was great. And he mentioned, he mentioned Aaron in that first game after you guys beat him that he was gassed at the end. And I'm going to give you credit because in that fourth quarter, I didn't see him touch the ball more than a couple mm-hmm. of times from the eight-minute mark on. Did he look a little bit like he was run down, a little bit gassed in that I fourth mean, I, quarter late? Yeah, he was definitely gassed. He was definitely frustrated. Um, and, you know, t- towards the end of the ball game, he started going to the corner and chilling in the corner. And I knew he was I knew he was tired. I knew he was frustrated. And, you know, we just wore on him the whole game. It was a team effort. Everybody took a shot at him. Um, we made him work for everything. So Aaron Neesmith with us. Does he have a tell? Did he have a tell last night that said, you know what, this ball, this ball is not going to get to him, and if it does, I'm probably not going to get that maybe that second or third quarter effort that I've had so far. Is there a yeah, tell that he yeah, had? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, I mean, you can tell by the way a player moves, the way he runs. You know, you can tell whether or not, especially a guy of his caliber, you know, where the offense is run through him, you can tell if the ball's coming his way or not. Um, what was your um, what was your, what did you try to prioritize? And, and this is something that Eddie Gill and I were just talking about. It, it, it is different, like when one of the bigs, if it's Obi, or let's just say for example, if it's Miles, they they let him. It seems like get ahead of steam going, and he's going into the lane, and he's going power, and he's going fast. It seemed like you picked him up. You made your point of attack defensively much earlier in the possession, further out. Is that mm-hmm. your point of emphasis when he's trying to guard him? Uh, yeah, for me personally, that's not really that's not something not, we didn't talk about. But for me, I felt like if we let him get ahead ahead of steam, it's like a train going downhill. It's, you can't it can't stop him, can't stay in front of him. Um, so I really wanted to get underneath him and make him turn as much as possible because it's a lot of work. It's tiring, but I know he's getting tired and he's getting frustrated because I'm not letting him do what he likes to do. Well, and he also delivers physicality. He delivers blows yeah. to you, too, offensively. How's, how's the body feel a day later after that? Uh, we're actually okay today. I don't know if, the, I don't know if we're just excited to, to, to win tomorrow or what the case is, but no, nah, I'm feeling good. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and again, Aaron Neesmith joins us. Is this a role that you've accepted with this group? I mean, going out yeah. there and, you know, being that guy. And really, I, I don't know. I, maybe you wouldn't guard – Who is there anybody that you they wouldn't put you on at this point and, and have you D up on the floor? No, nah, I don't think so. I mean, I've, I've guarded, I think, everybody from from Chris Paul, Steph Curry, and Bede. So it's been, it's been all, over the, uh, all over the spectrum. Is, it, is this a role that you accepted? Has Rick talked to you about this role, wanting you on this team and – and then obviously you you taking that to the floor. Has this been discussed? Uh, I mean, Rick kind of talked to me when I first got here um, last year before the season started. He he told me I was at the time he said I was one of the better perimeter defenders, and it would be my job to probably guard the other team's best player. Um, and I took that to heart, um, and I kind of just embraced the role. I ran with it, and I love it. Like I really do, genuinely enjoy playing defense and getting the tough assignments. You know, I, I relish those moments. It's a lot of fun to me. It's uh, Aaron Neesmith with us, kind enough to join us after his practice out in Vegas today. Again, Pacers and Lakers coming up 
tomorrow night. I'm going to ask you who you're going to guard in just a second, but I, I am curious about you, you, you defensively. Have you always been a, a really good defensive player, or was there a point in time when maybe defense was more of an afterthought and you went after it offensively? Has there been a transition there at all for you in your game? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was definitely an offensive player until I got to the, to the NBA. Um, and then, you know, roles change situation I was in um, in Boston helped transform me and make me realize like if I want to play and I want to be successful in this league I got to do the little things and I got to be able to defend at a high level and um, you know it just helped help form my help form my game it's where I'm at now and coming here to just embrace the role and like I said ran with it. We've always liked Brad Stevens around here, as I'm sure you well know, being from mm-hmm. around here. Did he ever give you any advice that maybe you still hold today that you, you take to the court, take in your game, you, you, you take as a professional in the NBA? Uh, I'm not not really. I would just say, like, Brad overall is a person. He's, he's a man, such a great guy. He cares about people around him um, every time I see him. Um, you know, we always have a great conversation. They're always asking, you know, how my family is and everything. So I have nothing but positive things to say about Brad. Yeah. Well, I mean, certainly you fit like a glove here. So do you know your defensive assignment tomorrow night uh, yet? Have you been told anything? I do. I do. Yes. <laughs> but I will Are, not you, are you allowed anything. to share this with me? No, nah, no. Nah, well, I'm not saying a word. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to I'm going to try to peck at it a little bit here. I, the, the the taller, a little bit shorter, the older. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, no, nothing. You got nothing for know. me? I don't know. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> hey, I did want to ask you this. I'm going to let you go, too. Aaron Neesmith joins us. You go from that, the raucous Gamebridge Fieldhouse Monday night against the Celtics to uh, T-Mobile, whatever it is, in Vegas last mm-hmm. night against the Bucks. How was the environment for you? Did that take you a minute to get used to that? Because obviously it wasn't anywhere near – uh, what you had at Cambridge Fieldhouse of the home fans on Monday. That take a minute to get used to? Yeah, it does. Uh, you kind of got to bring your own energy because there's no real home team. So even even like the Bucks, when they would score or get a stop, you know, the crowd doesn't roar. It doesn't go crazy. You don't feel, you know, you don't feel the passion in in the fan base the same as you would at a home crowd like we did in Indy on Monday and like we would if we played in Milwaukee on another random day. Uh, but like for a game like tomorrow um, where we'll play the Lakers where it's super close to LA it's more likely to be a home game for them. You know, so we'll probably have that atmosphere and you know, that energy from their fans. So it's just more important for us to feed off that energy and turn that into a positive for us. When you have somebody like Tyrese Halliburton on your team, you know, in any moment, but certainly those late moments, and then you watch what he does in, in a trip down the floor. I mean, what's, what's that to you as a player? I, I know what it is for me in covering it. I know what fans feel about it. Playing next to him, what's that like for you? Uh, it's, <laughs> he never ceases to amaze me. You know, he just continues to get better and better. Um, but, you know, while you're in the moment of the game and, and you're playing – it's just basketball. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it is. And I, he puts up numbers that are they're freakish. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, doing that stuff without turnovers, uh, I mean, it's incredible to me. It, it just is. Because it's not like, hey, Aaron, it's not like he's throwing like 
two-handed bounce passes with nobody. I mean, he's throwing lobs that are 30 feet away. And I mean, it, it is amazing how he takes care of the ball, and then he's able to get all you guys involved and feel comfortable and also involve himself offensively yep. at a high level. Yep. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough to fathom anybody getting those numbers like that on a night-at-night-out basis. No, absolutely. And, you know, I've said it, I said this before, it's something to be said about guys that just make it look easy. And, you know, throughout the course of the game, you're playing and you look up at the end of the third quarter and he's got 20 and 10. Like, I've said it and it's just, there's something special about, you know, guys like that who have that ability to make it look so easy and effortless. All right. Are you going to go, uh, you're going to come to the game tomorrow night, like with an overcoat and shirtless like Miles did last night, or are you going to go a little, a little bit <laughs> different about, than that? I don't know about shirtless, but it will be a little bit different. Um, <laughs> but no, I got, I got something, I got something planned. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll look good. Congratulations. Uh, it was fun as hell to watch. And again, I, I, I've been around here for a long time and I know how much people love basketball here. You know, obviously mm-hmm. you know that now, and I know how much people, really want you guys to perform at a high level. This past week has been great for you guys. I mean, for you guys as yeah. a team, your organization, the fan base, you guys, you know, obviously sold out that event at Gambridge Fieldhouse to watch you play tomorrow night. Congratulations on that. Go kick a little ass tomorrow night. Yes, sir. Will do. That's the plan. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you. You guys have a good it's one. A- you too. Aaron Neesmith right there on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I- I'm way over. I apologize. We're at a... Bud Light Blue Friday. I've got Steelers Colts tickets to give away, but I want to give you as much Pacer coverage out of the gate as I possibly can. Bob Lovell's going to join us. Tom McCarthy's got the game on Sunday with the Colts and the Bengals down in Cincinnati. He's coming up. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers. Mike Wells, too. Hang tight. We'll come back with you on the other side. And again, Gamebridge Fieldhouse. There's some satellite locations and bars and such, obviously, that are connected to the Pacers, related to the Pacers, where you can go. But the Gamebridge Fieldhouse experience of watching at that watch party is officially sold out. And that was Aaron Neesmith and Eddie Gill. Podcast 107.5thefan.com. Coach's Tavern downtown. Ice cold Bud Light for you, for me, for showing up. And your chance to steal those Colts tickets coming up. The stream, the app, HD Radio, at 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Oh, thank you for joining us. Bob Lovell coming up in a minute. Pacers win 128-119. So we thought we'd start the show out, go back-to-back with Eddie Gill, the former NBA guard. Pacers Radio, Pacers TV from Vegas. They just finished up a practice at the uh, T-Mobile Arena. And then Aaron Neesmith, who I don't care what anybody says. I know it's a weird thing to say, hey, he did a great job on the guy that scored 37. But the guy that scored 37 last night scored 54 earlier this year against the Pacers. So, to me, you take it. And then when you look back at the game, or when you look back in the fourth quarter and the final eight minutes, and I wanted to bring that up to Aaron regarding getting late game stops. You may not be the best defensive team out there, which clearly they aren't, but late game defensive stops can be enough especially if you bring the offense that the Pacers bring each and every night. And he saw that again last night. Look at the final eight minutes. I'd have to look at this. But I can remember, I think, two scores, maybe four points in the final eight minutes. And there wasn't a lot of touches. And as Aaron talked about, and I asked him about, you know, when you're guarding this guy, is there a defensive tell that, A, he's kind of disengaged, or B, he's a little bit tired? And he said, there is. And he said, Giannis went 
and it was like standing in the corner and, and really wasn't involved. And you could tell last night he wasn't involved. And if you remember, you go back to that, that first game, that first matchup at Gamebridge Fieldhouse when he went for 54. He said after the game that down the stretch he was gassed. And I thought that's what he looked like last night. A lot of people were joking, saying, well, I think he's gassed because he went to the free throw line about 5,000 times. But you've got to give credit where credit is due, and you cannot underestimate how important a player like Aaron Neesmith is to add just that, to be able to guard every position. Now, it sounded to me like he was guarding LeBron tomorrow night. Well, everybody else, I don't know if that sounded like. He wouldn't say. But it sounded to me like he was guarding LeBron. I was kind of interested, uh, interested to see if, if that was going to be the case, but I'm assuming that is going to be it. But you need that guy, and you also need a guy, as I've told you over and over again, like T.J. McConnell. Remember when we had a lot of these nerds around here, a lot of these dorks that worry about um, draft capital and the cap spacers and, you know, the future picks and all this crap that I don't give a squirt about now? Seriously, not one ounce of nothing about. Everybody's worried about that. Everybody's worried about that or worried about how, well, if you play TJ, uh, that's going to stunt the growth of somebody else. You know what? You play the guy that is helping you the most at that moment. How hard is that to understand? And once again, TJ McConnell in that second quarter brought the energy that is necessary for this team of which we have talked about forever. No, I don't even have to get into the Miles Turner argument stuff. I'll get into the T.J. McConnell stuff. He is necessary. All right? Playing at that level, up and down the floor of energy is a skill. If it wasn't a skill, all these dudes would do it, and they don't all do it. He is important to this team coming off that bench. And you saw it again last night. Saw it again last night. Saw Miles go for, what, 26, I think, in 10. And I even mentioned Buddy Heald. I always thought, this was me, too. I'll blame me for this. I've always said, if Buddy Heald's not stroking the three, then he can't be out there. But he was out there, and I don't know if I've ever seen Buddy Heald try, try to play defense as hard as he did last night. Dude had 11 rebounds. Had four offensive rebounds. And late in that fourth quarter, if you remember, there are a couple of different times the Pacers got offensive glass, and that is, along with their defense, one of the positions of desperate need. And really on both sides here, both offensively and defensively, is getting on the glass. So hung with it. All right, latest regarding Andrew Nimhart. I'm going to hit a break and come back with Bob Lovell coming up on the other side. Uh, according to Tony East, the Pacers are still evaluating, uh, looking for the results of test. Andrew Nimhart um, won't play tomorrow. Rick Carlisle says it sounds like he avoided a long-term injury, which is good news. And if you heard Eddie Gill a little bit earlier, he didn't know, but he saw Andrew Nimhart walking around. So that was much better than I think our first glance at that injury last night looked really bad. So hopefully we get something concrete a little bit later on this afternoon. Again, Coach's Tavern, hey, we're downtown on a Bud Light Blue Friday. We have Colts Steelers tickets to give away. That is coming up next Saturday, next Saturday afternoon at Lucas Oil Stadium. And we've got conversation. Colts and Bengals, which is a biggie. 
coming up on Sunday in Cincinnati. Tom McCarthy of CBS, he's got the play-by-play call. He's going to join us. Mike Wells still to come. Don Fisher and Bob Lovell joins us on the other side. Coaches, Tavern, downtown, Bud Light Blue Friday. We'd love to see you here. Get you set up with some tickets, maybe a fantasy camp with the Colts as well. Your chance to win is coming up. 93-5-107-5, the fan. Coaches Tavern downtown, Bud Light Blue Friday. Steelers, Colts tickets to give away. Join the crowd. We'd love to see you down here. Eddie Gill, Aaron Neesmith, Pacers. That matchup with the Lakers tomorrow night out in Vegas can be heard right here. And again, that watch party, the uh, watch party sold out at Gamers Fieldhouse. Andy Moore, Automotive Group Hotline. More on that in a second. Our friend Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk, joins us at 14 Central Indiana CarX locations. Run by Joe Childers, CarX.com. Today, where I just had the truck, was given an oil change. Always good. And the great folks at CarX, at CarX.com. And Bob joins us. Hey, Bob, high school-wise, big night tonight. Forum tip-off classic coming up at Southport Fieldhouse tomorrow. Pretty big weekend, is it not? It is, John. It's, uh, you know, December. You're getting ready for the holidays. You're starting to play some basketball. So, uh, yeah, the Forum Football Classic is one of those great single-day events. And so it's a big night. Some great games all around the state, as you would expect on a Friday night. Yeah, I was going to look at it, that schedule, too. I think it came out back in September. But for the, uh, the tip-off classic tomorrow, what time is it officially underway with Southport and Greenfield Central? Um, you know, Bill Zick's back, uh, I should say, not back at Southport, but on right, back on the south right. side again at Southport. And uh, Greenfield Central's got some talent there this year, doesn't it? Greenfield Central is a cycle of some really, really good athletes. They had a great run in football, as we, we were able to talk about, the rank 14th in 4A, really solid. You've got that attitude, you've got that winning attitude in the hallways, and everybody's excited about what they're doing. And, you know, that's, um, that's, that's what they're about right now. And it's, it's a great place to be. Playing uh, New Pal is um, similar, similar stories, similar stories, same conference, same thing you say about Greenfield Century, you say about New Pal. Both teams have had great football seasons, tremendously talented. Both are solid in basketball. So that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good matchup, one of many uh, down at Southport yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, the 2 o'clock starts Warren Central and Center Grove. Chris Byers right back at, at Warren, obviously, and Zach is uh, at, down at Center Grove. A couple of talented teams at 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. I think that's a great way to put it, John. They they are talented, and, and clearly at this stage you're still trying to figure out what's going on, but uh, both are ranked for a reason. You know, Center Grove started out the season in some polls ranked number one, and so, you know, you got young guys trying to find their way along, but uh, – what better? What's what makes this such a neat event is that you find out an awful lot about your your basketball team very quickly, and so uh, you're, you're going to see a lot of that coming up tomorrow. Hey, I was going to tell you this. I was uh, I had to go to a, a business lunch, and you're going to laugh about that on it was on Wednesday maybe. I think it was on Wednesday. Did you put yeah, a business guy lunch. Oh, yeah, I did, yeah. I, I oh, barely wore goodness. long pants, Bob, oh. as you know me. But oh, my goodness. I saw, I, I saw, I ran into one Luke Basso, who yeah. was uh, yeah. leading the way that I know you know uh, certainly now very well over at IUPUI. Well, he's a great guy. I mean, he really is. He's energetic, enthusiastic. His enthusiasm is contagious. Uh, he's the new AD at, at uh, IUPUI. He's got great vision. Uh, I think uh, – they got the right guy. I think he'll do great things while he's there. I've had a chance to spend some time with him. Uh, and, 
everyone should be rightfully excited about him being on board and, and running what I know is going to be a continuing, uh, continually improving athletic program at IUPUI. He is excited as well. And also, here's some more excitement. How about the Sycamores of Indiana State and their one-loss start to this point, <laughs> 2-0 in the Missouri Valley, coming mm-hmm. off that win Saturday over Bradley. I talked to Josh Schertz earlier this week, too, Get some local players. I mean, the, the, the Codwell kid from Pike that went to South Florida right. is right. over in Terre Haute. Uh, Isaiah Swope from Castle went to Southern Indiana. He's there as well. Uh, Josh taking advantage of the transfer portal, and he got a pretty good team going on in Terre Haute. He does, and I love the matchup. I mean, it's USI at Indiana State. And so, you know, you know Stan Gerard as well as I do. He's a yeah. tremendous player at USI, and they got him to come back. Uh, they, they got the right guy for their program. These are two programs that, as years continue, this, this will be this will develop into a great rivalry, and you know, there's a lot of Indiana flavor in this matchup. And obviously, your your Sycamores are playing they're playing as well as anybody in the in the country right now. To be honest, I don't know what the uh, net ratings has as far as meaning this early in the season, but they it had them 22nd, so automatically I embraced it. I just don't know what the hell it is. I don't know what it means this time of year. Yeah, you, you, you hey, you love the net ratings then. <laughs> I do. I, I embraced it. You think, it's the, you think it's the best metric out there, for heaven's sakes. <laughs> thank you very much for that particular metric right there. Alright, what's on tap for the show tonight and tomorrow night, per usual, Bob? Well, we have a lot of high school basketball coming up tonight, John. I mean, there's some really good games. Fishers and Kokomo may be the best game around on Friday night. That's number one and number five. Flory Badunga, yeah. if people haven't already heard the name, they're going to continue to hear it throughout the uh, season. He's absolutely tremendous. Uh, and uh, going to see a lot of good things tonight. Uh, you have Westfield and Bethesda Christian. Uh, Lawrence North, Fort Wayne, Wayne. Uh, Garen Catholic and Heritage Hills coming up tomorrow, John, in the uh, the shootout yes. at, at uh, Southport. If they haven't seen young Mr. Sisley at Heritage Hills, he's being recruited literally by everybody in the Big Ten and uh, every high major program trying to recruit this young man. And he he's only a, only a junior. And so there's a lot to get excited about watching him. And uh, – those are just some of the matchups around the, the central Indiana area and around the state. Uh, some really good ones. Again, you're getting into December. And you're still trying to figure out. This is an important time because, you know, once you get uh, to Christmas, your practice time is going to be limited. You know, you're going to maybe get in some uh, tournaments or things like that. But right now you're still playing those Friday, Saturday, those, those kinds of back-to-back nights that you need to have and need to get prepared for. Uh, to carry you through the rest of the year. So it's a it's a big night down south, down in your neck of the woods, brother. Lagodi Forest Park, is that big enough for you? Or Bloomfield oh, and Clay man. City, is that big enough for you? You you know, and shout out to J.B. Neal, the head coach down at Bloomfield, too. But yeah. you know, and his son's pretty good, too, Blake. You know, um, my team, the Thunderbirds of Eastern Green, they're playing in the old gymnasium, the one that I played in. They play uh, North Knox on JMV Court tomorrow they named night. Named JMV Court on, on JMV Court tomorrow night. Yes, so I, I may have to make an appearance <laughs> down there for that. I'm sure I still have stuff in my locker there too because they never cleaned the locker rooms ever. <laughs> it would be my guess. It's still there. it's still there. <laughs> 
I put uh, a I put a sand I put a turkey sandwich in the rafters back in 1979 when I was in third grade. I swear to you, I found it again when I was a junior in high school. So true story. And these are the kinds of stories that make you J and B. All right, buddy. We'll be listening tonight, tomorrow no night, man. Have a fantastic. All right, Johnny. Have a fantastic show. Thank you, Thanks. buddy. See ya. Uh, Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk. That is a true story about the sandwich right there, too. Coaches Tavern downtown, Bud Light Blue Friday. Steelers Colts tickets to give away. Colts fantasy camp passes to give away, too. Tom McCarthy, bottom of the 5 o'clock hour. Wells, Don Fisher, and more coming up next. Coaches downtown, Bud Light Blue Friday. Thank you for joining us. Busy show so far. A lot of Pacer love. Pacers get the Lakers tomorrow night, 8.30 out in Vegas. ABC has your coverage. That's a standalone, by the way, which is, again, fantastic for the Pacers. And uh, Aaron Neesmith joined us a little bit earlier, who had defensively, especially late in that game, Giannis. Eddie Gill also a little bit earlier. You'd heard probably about the viewing party, the watch party with that game tomorrow night at Cambridge Fieldhouse. And I was telling Aaron Neesmith this, this just speaks to the level of excitement. And I will go a step further. This is hunger. This is hunger. This is why when you say, oh, JMV, what are you doing griping about the Pacers? It's early in the season. And you give me all that BS jazz that drives me nuts. I say, no, no, no. I'm holding this group to a higher standard. And you should. I'm not just making stuff up because they can't play this way. You know what? They may not be a great defensive team by any stretch of the imagination, but they have shown against elite level competition in the past two games that they can mix in fourth quarter stops and with their offense that oftentimes can be enough. Aaron Neesmith, podcast 107.5thefan.com. Eddie Gill a little bit earlier, too. Tom McCarthy, bottom of the hour of CBS. He's got the call of the Colts and the Bengals coming up on Sunday. If all of a sudden you're a little bit more troubled about that matchup, we'll talk about that. And I think you have a decent reason to be. Don Fisher's got IU and Auburn in Atlanta coming up tomorrow. Purdue north of the border in Toronto for the uh, Zach Eady game. They're going to take on Alabama. So a busy day to say the least. And your chance to win Steelers Colts tickets with our friends from Zinc and Bud Light and fantasy camp passes from the Colts here too. Coaches downtown, Bud Light Blue Friday. Andy Moore on the Bud F Group Hotline. It's a friend from ESPN Radio, Mike Wells, who joins us now. What's been your impression, especially in the last week, what we have seen from this Pacer team versus Boston Monday night and then yesterday against the Bucks. Well, first off, John, I got to tell you, if, you're, if your favorite member of the Wells household, Layla Wells, doesn't mm-hmm. watch her mouth, I'm going to send her to the south Uh-oh. side of Indianapolis and she's going to be moving, living with you and Lainey because we she got, is uh, straight sassy. Whoa. We got a little sass happening yeah. today, do we? Yeah. Hey, Layla, JMV said, Come on watch now. your mouth, girl. <laughs> Hi, Layla. I love me some Layla. She knows that. <laughs> yeah, I, I just what, dropped what? her and her friend off, off at a middle school practice, and she gave me attitude talking about a, I'm talking too loud because I'm too excited to be going on the air with you, man. Oh, Layla. Knows better than yeah. that. 
Little Brownsburg practices. I think the Center Grovers, I think they took the afternoon off. I don't know about that. Friday, you got to hey, get I, in that gym and you got to practice. You got a big, you got a big game on Friday. I mean, this weekend, man. Well, yeah, that group. This is a, this is the the school team. I'm not involved in that one, uh, and they're probably saying thank God. But uh, yeah, I am involved in the one this weekend where we play at Beach Grove for. I think uh, I think Pike is in it, Warren's in it, uh, Monrovia and uh, Ron Colley's in that one for. Nice, some sort of nice, championship. Nice. I don't even. I don't know what the initials are anymore. I get lost with M Y T B or G B Y L or whatever the hell it is. I don't know what it is. Nah, I, I get it. All right. So, what was your question again? Not at all. I don't no, you, your impression. Yeah, your impression of the Pacers Monday and then last night. I was talking to Aaron Neesmith, and, and this is this is the honestly this is the level of play. And I'm not saying consistently, but this is the type of of level of play that I expect from this group. And he was talking about expecting that from him and his teammates as well. What's been in your impression, especially in the last week, from what you've seen? Honestly, it's funny. Um, I went to, I went to lunch with Gary Washburn, who covers the Celtics for the Boston Globe on Monday, and yep. he was under he was under the impression that he'd be getting ready to go to uh, Boston. I mean, excuse me, to Vegas with, with the Celtics, and um, he didn't think he didn't think after what the uh, Celtics did to the Pacers earlier in the season in Boston. Put up that that um, that 150 piece on them uh, about that, but the energy, just the energy from the Pacers watching the game. I wasn't in the building. I they have the mindset, which is led by Tyrese Halliburton, that yeah, it doesn't matter who they're playing, that they're going to outscore them. I'm not going to say they're going to play a hell of a defensive game because as we've all seen um, at different times in, in this season, defense and Pacers don't go hand in hand. But you think about who they've beaten this week. Drew Holiday, Tatum, and Jalen Brown all on the same team. Then you go out and knock off the, the supposed dynamic duo, the new dynamic duo of the Eastern Conference with Giannis and Dame Lewis. It's not like they, they got to the championship game of the IST by beating a bunch of slappies. They, they, their mindset is following their leader, the, the cocky. And, and, yeah, I don't want to say cockiness, but the confidence of uh, Tyrese on what he's doing, and everybody else is falling behind. And what I've liked about what Tyrese has done, he's putting up my number, he's putting up those points along with throwing dimes without turning over the basketball, man. I mean, his consistency is just off the charts. I mean, nobody's going to be perfect from, you know, turnovers, but Tyrese is out there, and he's doing uh, – he's being so productive without being sloppy. To Mike Wells of ESPN Radio, he's with us. You're right about that. I mentioned to Aaron Neesmith, that, that's the amazing part to me because it's not like he's making, you know, these easy passes to not or to sidestep turnovers. I mean, he's making high-level, difficult passes to teammates. And then, you know, he's keeping everybody involved and everybody comfortable offensively and then understanding his role when it's time for him to take over, too. That is a lot of stuff on a dude's plate right there. It is. It is. And this is not a case where, you know, Halliburton's, you know, got to be a Jason kid and just mainly worry about distributing. The Pacers, in order to be successful, they need him to score and also control things um, out front for the point position and distribute and get those dimes. So it's a combination of the two. And not many people can do it at the level. We know there's guys that can drop dimes left and right, guys that can get, you know give you a 30 or 40 piece easily, but 
there's routinely, you know, the, the four, five, six turnovers in the game. Halliburton is doing, making those, you know, qu- you know, sometimes quote unquote risky passes without turning it over. That is, he is a, he is a sight to see. And it, it is beyond comical right now what he's done. Going back to what Wally Zerbiak said last year um, about him uh, and, yeah. and the All Star yeah. situation. I mean, Wally Zerbiak to be flat out embarrassed for making that comment because not only is Halliburton a MVP, I mean, excuse me, an All Star, at some point if the Patriots keep rolling, he'll be in that MVP conversation where it's routinely talked about the Joker, Giannis, um, and um, Joel Embiid. Halliburton will be right there in the mix. To Mike Wells, who joins us, he's also, along with this group, you talk about a portrait they are painting for this team in the now and this team in the future. You could have not have, up until this point, scripted this in-season tournament for the Pacers any better because it was a standalone Monday night, and that was the best atmosphere that we have seen in the NBA at Cambridge Fieldhouse so far this year. And Aaron Neesmith said it was the best atmosphere he's ever been a part of. You know, a night in December at Gamebridge Fieldhouse on a Monday night. And then you compound that with, you know, having Halliburton to having this team, the youth, and, you know, playing an offense where you get up and down the floor and make things happen. You know, something that basically everybody that plays basketball absolutely loves. It seems like everything, at least cosmetically, on the surface right now is going beyond right for this organization and team. Yes. Hey, hey, don't you remember when you about a week ago, week and a half ago, where Tyrese was, was up all these great numbers, and and it, yeah. but they went what five hundred in the uh, month yes. of um, in, in in the month of uh, November. Mike, I I ripped them this time last week. I was ripping them because of the way they played in Miami. But here's why: because my expectations are much higher than everybody else's. We still have people living the world from last year of entertaining losses. And I and these guys don't want to hear anything about that. These guys expect more from themselves. And now, Mike, we have seen them. We have seen them even defensively play at a much higher level of which I think we should expect from here on out. I don't want this to be a flash in the pan. Hey, we're on national TV, and that's great. I don't want this to be – I'm trying to think of something. I don't want this to be like – remember that drink? Um, not your father's root beer, and it, like, had yeah. a week-long run where everybody said, I got to go out and get that. That's awesome. And they couldn't keep it on the shelves, right? I don't want it to be like that. Or remember that classic radio station that was over on the northeast side of town? They played classic hip-hop for about a week, yeah. and everybody loved it for about a month, and then it faded away. This cannot be a short-term fade. This has to be who they are in the future to be about, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we've talked about this with the nauseum, about how they have to officially, they have to turn the corner. There's, there is zero excuses for not turning the, the corner. I mean, we saw, what, what was it, about a year ago when they went on a run, there was excitement, then all of a sudden injuries happened and everything. They have to yeah. find a way to stay, they have to find a way to stay healthy. They have to be able to stay healthy and keep it rolling. They can't have a stretch where they go on a four or five game losing streak or they lose eight out of ten games. It, it, it can't be that tease or that appetizer, like, all right, we're going to give you a sample and then um, 
you know, fall back to reality. No, it, they, they ha- they're here, and they have to stay here. And I will love it if on national TV, like you said, standalone, tomorrow night, 8.30 p.m. on ABC against LeBron James. I, I can't discredit what he's, about, what he's been doing when he's about to turn 39 years old. But they knock off those dreaded Lakers, and, then, you know, not only get the, you get that $500,000 in cash price, but you also continue to send another message where all eyes are going to be on your franchise. You know what else? What else is really gratifying is, and I haven't done it, and you probably follow me. Mike Wells of ESPN Radio is on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. But having Miles put up 26 and 10, and then <laughs> I, 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 get, I get a lot of nerds around here. There are a lot of dorks. Um, really everywhere, both in media and then just people that listen that kind of just sidestep that a little bit. Oh, yeah, Miles played really well. Oh, okay. Hey. Yeah, well, it was hey, just last let's, week let's... when I got, like, I got clown emojis last week. I'm not getting jack squat right now. So the fact that everybody shuts up about that is very gratifying to me, Mike. Hey, and that's what, I, that's what I'm about to say. When, when Miles has that four-point game, Five rebounds, no blocks, and the guy he is the guy that he is guarding predominantly in the game goes for twenty five or thirty five and twelve. Yeah. They're like, hey, all of a sudden, Miles is your boy. Miles is quote unquote your boy again. And but nobody's saying, hey, Jay, did you see your boy Miles go out and do the damn thing? I bet you no, you're not hearing nobody. that, right? Nobody. I think, and I, I know their names. Like Justin Sanders. There's a Justin. I think one of them is a coach down at Franklin Central. Everybody can just take a big smooch off my rear end right now. Seriously, Mike. Seriously, just a big old smooch right there. Because I love how I sit here right now, and I'm right about that. And all these clowns have been wrong. That's very gratifying to me. And you even dropped a name up in there, man. What was that guy's name? Oh, no, I'll drop names. Hey, I'll name names around here, Mike. Don't get me wrong. I'll name names. (laughs) (laughs) hey hey, all i know is i'm gonna be watching john i'm gonna be watching the live reports from las vegas on wish tv man i'm gonna be watching the the only station in india the only indian station that is in las vegas i will be watching Well, if, if, if Hagen wasn't doing his thing this afternoon and was here, we may get a, a response to that. I would, I would watch it, too, and, you know, and that'd be great. But I hadn't – unfortunately, I don't think I've received in my home Wish TV Channel 8 since 1995. It's been a while. Well, hey, the patients are doing so well. I haven't had Wish TV since January of 2020. The <laughs> word COVID was not around. But I'm going to go to my neighbor's house who has Wish TV because they're the only station in Indianapolis from Indianapolis in Las Vegas. Yeah. So I'm I'm a, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go watch it, man, and let my yes. let our good buddy Hagen know about it. <laughs> well hopefully they're able to flush their toilets over there too, you know? That's a good thing. You gotta be able to flush your toilet. If you're gonna send A C to Vegas, you hope you hope to be able to flush your toilets over there regularly. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, hey, hey here's you know what? You know what? One of the one of the best parts about all this is, and what is it? Routine, routinely, every Friday, we often, no matter what time of year it is, we start with the Colts. We are twenty yeah. minutes into this segment, yes, and that's the first time the word Colts has 
have come up. And it, it, it's good because of where, where the Patriots at. I mean, people probably forget that the Colts are on a winning streak, but the Patriots deserve their credit on yeah. what they're doing. In fact, they're having they have, having watch parties, man. Watch. We talking about watch parties. They're sold out. They got a watch party sold out. Sold out. And, and you know, I know it's free tickets and all, but you still got to get your ass up and go down here to Gambridge Fieldhouse, Ooh. and it's sold out. And, Mike, what it does, it magnifies to everybody. What I've been saying, this is what a, a winning – people say culture, and I hate using the term culture, but I will hear. This is what a winning culture can breed right here. This is how starved, this is how hungry this fan base is. And, and really, this is where when, – when you said, hey, you mentioned the guy that used to get on you all the time about Miles, there have been plenty of them. But this is common ground that we can all find right here because it's been a long time for fans, and I'm talking about both Pacers and Colts and a long time for those that cover this team. And as we all know from working in this market, it is much better, much better for you, much better for all of us. You know, people are more excited, want to read your stuff more when there's things going down for the good, when they're winning, positive things are happening, as opposed to when it's consistent negativity. And you can see over this past week how starved this fan base in Indy is. Yes, I mean, it is, I mean, I finished up my last week of classes in Bloomington. Obviously, all my classes are based on sports journalism. And the first thing all the students want to talk about on Tuesday, they want, all they wanted to discuss was how, the excitement of the game on Monday against the Celtics. I had a couple students who were at the game. And then yesterday, there was so much excitement in talking about uh, the game also against the Bucks. So that, that, is, that probably is outside of the Damian Lillard trade, the most, the only time students have talked about the NBA in general first in my class this semester. No, that's great, too. And, and really, that holds for the Colts. Because when you think about it, I mean, this season, this season to a degree, because you're not finding anything whatsoever out about Anthony Richards in your long-term future, I mean, this could easily be a lost, a wash, you know, obviously the sequel of Richardson next year. But, you know, now you're giving fans around here something to be excited about, something to talk about. And hopefully they don't trip up at Cincinnati on Sunday. But I, I just, to me, from, for doing this for 19 years, and I've been through the times when everybody was ho-hum, Mike, about winning. And you have to. Ho-hum about winning. Yeah, they're going to win, you know, 12 or 13 games. Oh, you know, the Pacers are good. And we've been through those times, and those are the great times. But it has been so long around here with an extended, a consistent level of success, you can see how excited the fan bases of both teams are about this. And, you know, I know this, for me doing this job, it, it, it makes it a lot easier, it makes it a lot more fun, makes it a lot more listened to, and it's just as good in general for the fan base. And you can see that coming out of them right now. Yeah, and, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. As far as excitement, I know there were stretches, you know, where you know when Oladipo was here, and and then obviously yeah. when um, when Paul George was here and stuff. But I think from as far as the excitement mm-hmm. level, or the potential, and, I, and I'm de- I'm not saying the Pacers are contenders in the Eastern Conference. Of course, I could change my mind if they keep rolling. But what twenty? I mean, what twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen. Um, as far as the anticipation behind it, I know, again, I, well, I know well, I'm I mean, not going to say Depot, obviously Oladipo and the Oladipo team in the postseason against LeBron and the Cavs. That was the last yeah, time oh, I yeah, saw yeah, anything. That, 
Yeah, to the they, level they of, what they, was that, 18? Yeah, they probably and they probably had a chance. They had a legit chance to win, you know, yeah. to knock off LeBron and the Cavs. So, but the fact, yeah. even if we say, even if we say it's twenty eighteen, we are knocking on the door of twenty twenty four, and that's how long it's been. It, it's been over five years since that happened. So, uh, right. I think that I think the city, the state, needs to embrace them. And you know, if, if the Pacers win tomorrow night, I think they, they're sending a message to the league off of it, considering. The three teams they would have beaten this week to uh, win the uh, the in season tournament, so it's fun. And, and I don't know about you, but it took me the longest damn time to understand how this damn tournament operated. What was the procedure <laughs> out of it? Yeah, yeah, you know, and and with that too. Before I let you go here, you just you can't come back off of this, and you 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 come so you come off this Saturday night, and you're in Detroit on Monday. You, know, you go back to Milwaukee on Wednesday, so that's going to be a turnaround against the Milwaukee team that's probably going to have a little bit of fire. Washington at Minnesota. You, you can't come back out and lay eggs here. And, and I do. I recognize how they looked four times against bad teams, whether it's the Blazers or the Hornets or the Bulls or the Raptors or how they looked and got dismantled by the Magic at home prior to this. I, that's why I mentioned a little bit earlier. You can't come out of this and just lay eggs and look bad again. You want to make sure now that as you raise the bar in these games in front of a national spotlight and a national audience that you're able to maintain. And I hope that they're able to do that because that's going to be a challenge. I mean, let's face it. That is going to be a challenge coming off of this win or lose tomorrow night. Yep. Hey, oh, my God. And you said they got, you said they got Milwaukee next week? Oh, they got Milwaukee coming up on the 13th. That's a Wednesday in Milwaukee. So, what are you going to take the over/under on Damian Lillard going right at Halliburton for that whole? Um, I'm going to tell you right time now. I'm, deal. I, I, I'm taking it over. I'll take the over on Dame uh, plus 30 points in that game. He just faded away. I mean, he did, and I don't think he is. But there were points in that game outside of the third quarter where he looked washed. Did he not? Yeah, no, no, you're right. But yeah, I, I think for him, well, first of he's all, he's not. Don't I get me wrong, he's not. So yeah, hey, I but I, I did find it funny though that he made that comment about staying staying humble when his ass has been doing that nonstop. You know, he's always oh, yeah. somebody, you know gesture. So you you know, just because you had it done to you, don't take it personal when they do. I mean, just because you've done it. Don't take it personal when somebody does it back at you. Yeah, yeah. He forgot about the time when he waved playoff P off the floor in Portland, right? He forgot about that? He, when he exactly. waved at him, remember that? He waved playoff P mm-hmm. off the off the floor. So, yeah. Yeah, so now. Hey, are you going to be at the watch party tomorrow night? Well, I am not going to be at the watch party tomorrow. I don't know where I'm going to be tomorrow night. That's a hell of a question you ask. I honestly don't know where I'm going to be coming up here in about three hours. I don't know where I'm going to be. So All right, well, you know what? Hey, I know you're going to be at Beach Grove High School on Sunday. <laughs> good luck. Hey, hey, good luck to my before, girl. Yes. Before I let you go, I'm taking our team to back nine next Saturday after the Colts game. So if you and the lovely, my best friend, Layla, want to come down and hang out at back nine, take some swings and hang out, you're more than welcome to. Let's go. We in. We are in. I will let yeah. Layla know when I pick her up. Hey, unless yeah. she's being a pain in the butt when she gets to the car. 
Um, I don't let her know. But, yeah, I, I, I told her. I said, I'm about to go on JMV. I'm shipping you to the south side. You're going to, <laughs> you're going to be going to Center Grove High School or you're going to Ron Colley High School if Laney, <laughs> Laney makes a switch. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you tell her if you guys want to stop out um, next on the, on, and hang out with us on the 16th over at Back Nine after the Colts game, do so. All right, my brother. Hey, have a great weekend and good luck. All right. You too, buddy. It's uh, Mike Wells of ESPN Radio right there. Tom McCarthy of CBS. He's got the Bengals and the Colts coming up on Sunday. We'll dive into the Colts conversation with you coming up on the other side. Bud Light Blue Friday. We've got tickets to the Steelers game. We've got Fantasy Colts Fantasy Camp. Passes to give away, too. Join us. Sign up. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Hey, welcome back. Aaron Neesmith of the Pacers from Vegas. Pacers got that championship of that first ever in-season tournament in Vegas coming up tomorrow night against the Lakers. Aaron Neesmith, Eddie Gill, who's out there from Pacers TV and actually Pacers Radio in this case. Mike Wells of ESPN Radio just a moment ago. Live at Coaches Downtown, Bud Light Blue Friday. We've got tickets to give away for the Steelers and the Colts and a Colts fantasy camp pass or two a little bit later on, but on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. He'll be a part of the broadcast in Cincinnati. That is coming up on Sunday. By the CBS, Tom McCarthy joins us. Hello, Tom. How are you? I'm doing great, man. You guys got a lot going on. The Pacers and I'm everything. You, yes. The, it is, um, is going to be like, I'll give you a great example. Like the Pacers are out of town in Vegas right now, but coming up next weekend, because the game was flexed to Saturday, uh, we're going to have the Colts and the Steelers at 4.30 Saturday afternoon, and you have um, a two-game college um, affair going on here at Gamebridge Fieldhouse right next to where I am right now, and one of those matchups would end up being Purdue and Arizona. So there's going to be a lot going on. This is it. And you know this. You know this to be true. I mean, there are just times of the year, you know, weeks of the year when things just seem like, even if they don't, you know, playoff-wise, championship-winning-wise, we're seeing things just seem to mean more. And that's kind of like right now where we are. I agree with that. I mean, you know, it's, I always think that the beginning of uh, I mean, for me, for baseball season with college basketball overlapping and the NBA yeah. playing and the NFL, but for me, it's college basketball and baseball. Cause I do those two. That's the time of year that I think there's such an amazing buzz to it. But I also think this time of the year, as we, you know, with college football, College, uh, college football, college basketball, the NBA, the NHL, the NFL. I mean, there's so much going on. It, it's, it's, it, 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 there's enough to keep us all busy, which is a good thing. So uh, uh, clearly, the uh, Phillies did not take a swing at Otani. Correct? Is that what I gather? Well, I, I think they probably took a swing, but I don't think that they. I think realistically, I don't think that they felt like it was a, a good fit. Um, it's a lot of money, obviously. Well, I shouldn't say they didn't think it was a good fit. I think he'd be a good fit yeah. for anybody. Um, but I just think that they, you know, they, they probably did take a swing. Um, obviously, they've kept it quiet like everybody else has kept it quiet. And, you know, it's, um, I, if it is, if it is Toronto, yeah. you know, it, it, it's, I, I'm surprised, but I'm not only because, it is an amazing international city. There's a huge Japanese population. They're paying them a lot of money. I, I still, I still am surprised. I still am surprised. 
I, I just kind of view it, and this is not comparable whatsoever, but to me it'll end up being like Juan Soto. It'll be a year or two there, maybe some disappointment, and then he'll end up in New York. He could. You know? He could. I, yeah. I, I, I did think he was going to wind up in, let's say, San Francisco. Um, yeah. It just felt like that was going to be a good fit for him, or it was going to be Los Angeles. So I, I thought it was going to be the National League. I, I'm surprised to see, you know, if it is indeed true, that if it is Toronto that he's on his way to, then uh, – you know, I'm surprised by that, but hey, listen, it's uh, good for them. I mean, it's it's going to be a heck of a draw for them. Good for them. So Tom McCarthy of CBS, he, James Lofton, Jay Feely, Tiffany Blackman have a part of this broadcast coming up on Sunday in Cincinnati. I, what did you make, uh, I guess, of the the short term now evolution of Jake Browning, the quarterback of the Bengals, because we kind of wrote the Bengals off a couple of weeks ago yeah. with that injury to Burrow, and they looked far from a team that was ready to be written off on Monday night of that win in Jacksonville. Yeah, I, I thought they, I thought they saved their season. Um, now they're going to have to do it again this weekend against the Colts. I mean, the Colts probably feel the same way because of the, the way the records are set up. But I think it's important from a tiebreaker standpoint for the winner of this one. Uh, but I did think the Bengals saved their season on Monday because I was there when Burrow got hurt. I did the game on Westwood in Baltimore. So I watched it happen. It was, you know, the vantage point in Baltimore is such a good one. I basically saw the whole thing happening. Uh, and it was weird because it was just a pass. So I, I wrote them off. I mean, I, I thought that they could be competitive because of Joe Mixon, because of Jamar Chase, because of their defense. I think their defense is solid. But watching um, Browning that night, I just thought he looked like a, a backup quarterback that hasn't played a lot in his career. But I think against the Jaguars, they, A, found some things that, are, that he's good at, which I don't know if they'll be able to do it against the Colts, but found some things, little screen passes, little dump-offs to, to chase, things like that. Um, and I think that their leaders kind of stepped up a little bit because I think they all realized, hey, man, if we don't win this one, we are absolutely done. But now we've got all these matchups against the AFC coming up, so he could do something and make something happen. Tom McCarthy joins us. He's got the call on CBS in Cincinnati for the Colts and the Bengals on Sunday. I had mentioned this. I, I would have much rather, coming at it from a, a Colts standpoint, seen the Jaguars win and maybe take, as you mentioned, that hope away, that motivation of hope away from the Bengals. And, and now, because they win... I, they got motivation, they got hope, and that may create a, a relatively lofty edge for them on their home field on Sunday. Well, I do think they're loose. I mean, being at practice today and being, you know, meeting with the players today, they're, they're a pretty loose bunch. So, but I also think that they recognize that they, they, did, they did kind of save things, save themselves this weekend. So, um, yeah, if I were the – if I were, were any team, I would have preferred for – the team I'm facing to get knocked out. And I'm not saying they were out. They wouldn't have been out. But in their mind, I think they would have felt like, oh, man, this, this is going to be the biggest uphill battle we'll, we'll ever have to get back in it. So um, I still think it's good. I think it's going to be a good game. I, I, You know, somebody said to me a couple weeks ago when I told them I was doing this game, they said, well, hopefully there's something to play for. And I think, obviously, both teams have something to play for. You have been around and, and called sports for such a long time. I'm kind of curious your thoughts. I, I've said this, and – you know, not only are we going through that with Gardner Minshew and no Anthony Richardson right now, but you see that, mm -hmm. you know, going down to a degree in Cincinnati with Jake Browning. Um, in the past, have you seen scenarios like we have here in Indy where 
you know, obviously, Gardner Minshew is not your long-term future in any sense, and you're not getting a look at what you hope to be an Anthony Richardson. But there's something to be said about winning when the expectation to start the season of winning was not there compared to being the start of the season favorite. Is there always something maybe a little bit more about that? I know it's an underdog process, but is there always something a little bit more about that type of season compared to those seasons when you're the actual favorite? Well, I, I do think there is. It, it, and here's here's my thought is that you can turn this you can turn a franchise around in a heartbeat. I mean you can in the National Football League. Yeah. You know, you have to make some good acquisitions free agent wise, you have to draft really well. Um, in the Colts case, the fact that, you know, when Richardson went down, even before that, they, they probably weren't thought to be able to be a playoff team or at least a deep playoff team. But I also think it shows the importance of these backup quarterbacks. So backup quarterbacks in the National Football League this year have now played 60 games. That doesn't include Josh Dodds um, with the Minnesota Vikings because um, he didn't start you know, week one with them, he was with the Arizona. But everybody aside from Dobbs, backup quarterbacks, 50 games. I, yeah. I think that's impressive. So, so yes, it, there is something to it where you can exceed expectations and maybe speed up the process of a turnaround. But I also think there's an indication it, it's really important to make sure you have a backup quarterback because the way this league is, man, you go through them fast. You really do. You know, it's funny. You go back here, Tom, to the Manning era, and this is yeah. nothing at all. I love Jim Sorge. Jim, Jim Sorge, the backup quarterback, is still around here and a great dude. But I didn't give a damn who was the backup quarterback then <laughs> because with the expectations, if Manning were to ever go down, much like you saw at the end of Manning being in Indy, if, if he goes down, turn off the lights, it's all over. But yeah. any more, any more, the philosophy that you're talking about right now is true. You have to have an ample backup. And I'll give you the case in point with the Colts. You know, they get Browning on Sunday. And the rest of the way, depending upon if Desmond Ritter is or isn't or whatever happens with Atlanta, other than C.J. Stroud, it's all backups. It is amazing the way the season is broken down and amazing how we look at backup quarterbacks now compared to, for example, how I viewed it back during the Manning era here. Agree. I mean, I, but you know, and, and the durability of somebody like Peyton, um, you know, is I, I'm not saying it's unheard of nowadays because obviously guys get hurt. It's you know, there's not much they can do about it. But I agree. I totally agree with it. And you know, you've got two going. You got two guys going this weekend that have a chance to go to the postseason. I mean, look at Brock Purdy. I mean, with the 49ers. Over the last couple of years, I mean, nobody ever expected he was going to be a starting quarterback. But, you know, you these guys evolve and you find them. And, um, you know, if you get them into a good system and an understand, an understanding system, then you're in pretty good shape. Tom McCarthy's got the call on CBS. James Lofton, Jay Feely, Tiffany Blackman as well coming up on Sunday in Cincinnati with the Colts and the Bengals. He's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. My major concern, and I want to see if you agree with me on this, is this to me is going to be the best skill position set with the Bengals, regardless of the quarterback or the signal caller that their defense has faced all year. And given the circumstances in that secondary, when you're looking at Chase and Higgins and Boyd, and then complement that with what you have and, and mix it in the backfield, that is incredibly troublesome to me in this matchup offense to defense. 
Well, I, and I think that the one of the big things for me that I see is, and I know Gus doesn't blitz, um, he doesn't have to, but getting to Browning, because I don't think he'll be able to do the same things he did against Jacksonville because of the rush that the Colts provide. I really think that that's, to me, that's going to be a huge key to give those guys in the secondary, because I do agree with you. I mean, Boyd is healthy. I watched him run around today at practice. Higgins is really good. Uh, Jamar Chase is on a different planet. Uh, their tight end set's really good. Um, you know, Mixon obviously is their lead back, but they've got this other kid, Chase Brown, who had a nice night last the other night against the, the Jaguars. But I just think the pass rush, I'm really excited to see it. I watched the, you know, I just rewatched the, the game from last week. And, um, you know, I think that's going to be important is to get, to try to get to, to, to Browning and try to cut off some of those short passes for him. Hey, Tom, before I let you go, I know you do a lot of college basketball as well. Obviously, we're watching what Purdue has done so far. And, you know, losing in Northwestern last week was in overtime was tough on them, too. And I mentioned Purdue and Arizona coming up next Saturday here at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. What teams are standing out to you? Because we, we kind of hit that we hit that interesting run here in December where you get the, uh, some conference and then non-conference games mixed in. But what stands out to you about what you've seen so far in this college hoop season? Well, I, I you know I really think Purdue is is on a different level in a lot of ways. Um, uh, I've enjoyed watching them play from a distance. Uh, I think there's some really cool stories that are happening around college basketball. Uh, one of them is the Princeton Tigers. As strange as that sounds, that they, you know they're yeah. playing the way they are. Um, I did St. John's the other night, not that they are of the upper echelon right now, but I think that they're going to be a good team uh, as this year goes on. I think Rick Pitino has kind of figured some, some things out. Um, I, I am continued to be amazed at the impact of the transfer portal, which I know affects everything. I know it does, but I, I, it stuns me to see how many guys have been able to move. I think it's had, more of an effect on college basketball, and I know people might, will probably disagree with this, more effects on college basketball than it has on college football. Um, but, I, I, you know, I, I think a team like Creighton in the Big East is really good. I mean, they're 7-1. and one. I mean, the Cockrenner kid's really good. Um, yeah. Big matchup on Saturday on CBS, Illinois and Tennessee. I think that's the fun one because I think Illinois is really good. And I've watched a lot of UConn, and I think he's got a chance to, to go after another uh, national championship. I mean, they've got a lot of balance, and he is a heck of a coach. So I think it's going to be a great year. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. Before I let you go, you mentioned the transfer portal, and then you can add in NIL. Dusty May, the head coach of Florida Atlantic, went to high school together, and he's a good friend of mine. And I, I know, you know both on the air talking and then off the air talking, the lengths in which he had to go to keep that group, that final four oh, yeah. team together, <laughs> is absolutely incredible. I, I, Tom, I'm telling you, these guys, you know, are getting ready to play, you know, for a, a, a regional title, and you know, they're getting calls from people representing this and that. It is absolutely no and phenomenally crazy. It's crazy, and I still think something has to be done to regulate it, but it is absolutely crazy. I mean, think about what's happened in college football. I mean. Kyle McCord leads his team, you know, to, to a one loss season and on the brink yeah. of playing for an extra and they they want him out of there. So he's moving on to somewhere else. 
I don't know. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> well, the fact, if, if Marvin Harrison Jr. is really and literally thinking about returning because the NIL money is better than what he would get in the first round is, I may fall out this window where I'm sitting right here in this bar. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. Hey, man. With you. Yeah. Hey, I appreciate it. We'll be uh, watching coming up on Sunday. You and James and Jay and Tiffany together in Cincy, correct? Yep, that's it. Uh, good group. Um, you know, looking forward to it, though. Hey, enjoy the game, Tom. We'll do it again, and, and we'll work in a little bit more college hoop, too, the next time we have you on. Thank you. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. Have a great weekend. It's uh, Tom McCarthy of CBS. He's got the call, play-by-play man for the game. Get the Colts and the Bengals coming up on Sunday. We're at Coach's Tavern downtown, Bud Light Blue Friday. I've got Colts Steelers tickets to give away and fantasy camp passes, too, while you're here. Join us. Bud Light Blue Friday, 93.5107 by the fan. Oh, busy show live from Coach's Tavern downtown. I'd love to see you here. I've got Steelers Colts tickets to give away on a Bud Light Blue Friday. You know, we got great food here. We've got... Colts fantasy camp passes to give away, too. Another reason for you to get down here. Busy show so far. Pacers in the final against the Lakers tomorrow night at 830. Of course, that is the in-season tournament, the first ever in the NBA. We had both Eddie Gill from the, the Pacers television and radio network joined us earlier, and then Aaron Smith from the Pacers squad, who had a lot of guarding responsibility on Giannis last night. Uh, Aaron Neesmith joined us earlier. Mike Wells of ESPN Radio. Tom McCarthy, the play-by-play voice, coming up on Sunday with the Colts and the Bengals in Cincinnati. Tom from CBS joined us earlier, too. Podcast 107.5thefan.com. Let's get down to it right now. Got Auburn and Indiana. Now, here's the wrinkle tomorrow. That's a 2 o'clock tip from Atlanta State Farm Arena in Atlanta, Georgia. So 1 o'clock is the pregame coverage. It's on right here, 93.5 and 107.5, the fan, tomorrow afternoon. Again, 1 o'clock is the pregame coverage. I'm assuming live from Atlanta, Georgia right now, our good friend, voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher. Hello, Don. John, how are you? You live in Atlanta, live local and late breaking? Yep, we got here about uh, 2.45, I guess, this afternoon. So, yeah, we're in Atlanta at the Marriott Marquis. Good, and hopefully you're really close to State Farm Arena because if you have to do anything inside a car or a bus in that town, it's a stinking nightmare. So hopefully you're within <laughs> some sort of walking distance and everything's okay, hopefully. Yeah, we, we actually can get there with a little six, seven-minute walk, so that's not a problem. Nothing wrong with that. What do you think about a game like this on the December schedule? You know, coming off and, and really starting the season in the Big Ten, 2-0, and Maryland, and then obviously in Ann Arbor, Michigan earlier this week. What do you like this this Auburn matchup with a good team, you know, historically good uh, at 5-2 and two against Indiana coming up tomorrow? I think it's going to be a tough game. Uh, I think they're very athletic. Uh, Bruce Pearl, as you know, plays uh, all out 40 minutes of uh, really pressing, pressure, defensive type of basketball. They bang the boards. They're very aggressive uh, in rebounding, that kind of thing. Uh, and it's going to be a challenge. They've got really good athletes. They've got a, a big guy inside, uh, Janai Broom, who's a, really a talented player and is leading them in scoring. Uh, he will give Khalil uh, Ware a test and Malik Renew as well down low. But I, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I think this team has made some strides here in the last two or three weeks now. 
uh, with their, their play. I think they're getting better with guys coming off the bench and, and performing and getting the job done. We've seen that in the last two or three ball games now with the, with the bench actually supplying some points. Uh, so I think this is going to be a real test for this Indiana ball club, and I'm looking forward to it. I think it's a perfect time to be playing a team like Auburn. I do, too. I completely agree with you. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I want to get to the last two games, but first let's go with Khalil Ware. Um, and I, I certainly value your opinion more than most on this. What, from what you've seen so far from him, what, what was that thought when he left Oregon to come here and what was said about him compared to what you, you know right now? What's been your impression to this point? Well, I, I think the biggest thing that I can tell you in regard to, to his uh, what, what they thought at Oregon and what they think in Indiana is this. Mike Woodson doesn't want to hear anything about Oregon anymore. He feels like he's gotten through to this kid. He, he's made his points with him. Uh, told him what it was going to be like when he got here and that he was going to have to work hard and he was going to have to perform to be on the floor, especially at the defensive end. I, I think we've seen all of that. And, and this kid has obviously taken to heart uh, what Mike has tried to talk to him about. Um, you know, initially I wasn't super impressed with how hard he played, but the more I watch him, the more I see that he's kind of a glider, if you know what I'm saying. Um, yeah. In some respects, I, I and I, I kind of read about it today, or read about him, about Jay Edwards today, and I was reading a story in uh, the book that I have about him that was written by Ed Snyder, and and he and Lyndon were going over their careers at the high school level. And the one thing that you noticed about Jay Edwards back in the day was he looked like he was a glider. He was a guy that didn't look like he was busting it all the time and and but his his smoothness and everything i think belied how hard he was actually playing and i kind of get the same feeling about khalil Ware at this juncture uh he looks very smooth out there and he's such a long athlete but i i think he get fooled that doesn't look like he's going all that fast but with the strides that he can take and things like that it's amazing how quickly he gets down the floor so at this juncture, all I can tell you, John, is that I'm really impressed with the kid. I think he is doing, trying to do what Mike Woodson asks him to do. And as a coach, that's all you can ask for. And right now, I think right now we're getting a lot out of the kid because he's scoring the basketball and he's rebounding really well in both those areas that you would expect. Now, you know what, Don? That's a good way to put it, too. A glider. And, and that is true. But here's what stood out to me. Because when you hear all that junk of the past, you hear stuff about a lack of engagement. And to me, if you're going to look up and down this roster right now, there's nobody game in and game out that has looked, especially recently when things have evolved for the better, more engaged than he has with this group and what they're trying to do on both ends of the floor. I agree. I, I, that's exactly right. And, and at this juncture, uh, I mean, the kid's leading him in scoring, leading him in rebounding. Uh, and, of course, uh, you go down and look at what Malik Renew has done this year. Uh, they're a formidable twosome down low. There's just no question about it. And now we're almost also seeing uh, Mackenzie Mbako uh, starting to, to play his best basketball in the last two or three ball games. So now you've got three guy, guys on the front line you can really rely on. Uh, we're still awaiting uh, for the three-point shot to evolve. It hasn't yeah. just yet. Uh, but but at the same time, I like what I've seen in this ball club, and I think they're playing some really good basketball right now. 
And again, tomorrow will be another challenge, which I think they need. I think that's the more challenges you get in this non-conference, supposedly part of the season, I guess it's no longer just non-conference play because we've already played two Big Ten contests and won them both. But that said, I think this just gets you ready for the grind that it's going to be in January, February, and early March. You mentioned that three-point shot. and I guess CJ gives you a, a, a little bit of a, a taste of, man, if you could just do a little bit more with this. But, yeah, I mean, you're right. It's, at some point, you got to find it, certainly at a much more consistent level. But yeah, last time out, I guess CJ gave you a, a taste of it, comparatively speaking. Yeah, I, I, he, he hit two of his three threes. He hit two of six shots for the game. But he had four steals. He had a block shot, and he played his butt off at the defensive end of the floor. He was the quickest, most athletic guy on the floor defensively uh, in, in that ball game against Michigan. And I, I give him credit because uh, I've been one of his biggest <laughs> negatory guys in regard to what yeah. he's been able to accomplish from a shooting perspective uh, in his two seasons or his one-plus season now at Indiana because last year he struggled mightily to shoot the long ball and this year it started out that way, too. He was 0 for 4 going into that ball game the other night for the three-point line. That signifies that he hasn't been getting a lot of playing time, of course. Uh, and primarily that's part of it due to the defensive side of the basketball. But we saw both of those things improve in that game against Michigan. And in Big Ten play, you've got to have that kind of guy out there defensively and with that ability to shoot three. And if he continues to work at it, and I know they're working with this kid to, to get him to shoot more consistently well and to understand what a good shot and a bad shot is. And if he figures that out and the light comes on, this kid could be a major factor for this ball club. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers. Again, Auburn, Indiana, tomorrow in Atlanta. That's at 2 o'clock. 1 o'clock is the pregame show. You can hear it here on 93.5 and 107.5. The fan coming up tomorrow. People have asked me this, and I'm going to go ahead and ask you this as well, and, and obviously it's magnified, Don, with Xavier Johnson being out. Is, is there right now too much on Trey Galloway's plate to be as successful as we believe he should be? I don't – I'll be honest, I don't think so. And the reason I don't think so is because Trey played without X almost all of last year. So I don't know why that would be a factor. I just think that Trey is – I think Trey is pressing from a shooting perspective, not necessarily from the long, from the uh, you know the drives and, and the teardrops and those kinds of shots. I think he's really starting to struggle from a confidence standpoint of shooting three. He hasn't starting; it's been ongoing since the start of the season. So I think that's the biggest issue there. And I know people are talking to him uh, that he's got to just understand you got to let it go and quit worrying about missed three pointers. And when the shot's there, take it, and one's going to go down, and that's going to get you started. And I think that's a big key for this kid right now. But I don't you think it's got anything to do with X. Are you watching Mbako kind of kind of grow up a little bit? You know, it's slowly oh, but yeah. surely here. Yeah. Yeah. It takes time. You know, I mean, he's a freshman. I mean, and he's in a, a totally different background or, or environment, I should say, uh, in Indiana than he was out in New Jersey. It takes a while to get used to that kind of stuff. And for some guys, it takes longer than others. And I don't think it's taken him a really long time here. 
But I think the biggest thing going into the season was defensive play. I think that was the thing that he had to literally learn how much Mike Woodson and the staff emphasize his defense. And I think he's realized that now, and that's why he's been on the floor the last three ball games quite a bit. Getting to the free throw line, there was a point in time, Don, when uh, there was a bit of a freak, regardless of who went to the free throw line in recent history. But I think everybody was feeling pretty good about that this past week at Ann Arbor. Yeah, they, they actually shot the ball pretty well from the stripe. And, of course, Mbaka was spectacular in that regard. He has been all year. Hasn't missed one yet. I, yeah. I keep trying to put the kiss of death on him. You know, the radio kiss. I know. That's what yes. we're so famous for. <laughs> and I've, I've done it almost every time. And I did it in all the tough situations that he had, the game against Michigan, and he still knocked it down. So I love it. <laughs> well, you know, I, I listen. You know I listen anyway, but I listen even more when it's a Peacock game. Because I'm not paying for that. They can just kiss it. <laughs> well, you're not the only one who has said that, and I, I think our audience has picked up significantly because of it. So I'm all for Peacock. I love Peacock. Oh, Peacock. I'm telling you. I, I, I don't know. But when Purdue and IU play, that's going to be tough, but I and people make fun of me all the time. Oh, well, it's not very expensive, or oh, it's not that hard to do. And I, I'm at a point right now, Don, where any percentage level of pain in the ass, I'm just not doing. And I'm not doing it. <laughs> well, and that's why, John, you should be promoting Indiana University Radio Network broadcasts. You should be in our promotion department. Don, you would love me. Because I've explained to everybody how you're getting screwed here and there. If you have direct TV, you don't get channel 13. WTHR, smooch my rear end too, by the way, right now. Thank you very much. Everybody's <laughs> screwing you over with payments, Dom. you got to pay for this and pay for that. But what is absolutely positively free? Radio. Just you got for it, baby. you. Yes. So. <laughs> now here's the problem. Here's the only problem with that. When you go to tune in or my tuner radio or all those kinds of things, you yeah. still got to pay for it, you know, but it's at least it's reasonable. It's if you're not paying, you're not paying a, uh, you know, $19 a month for something you watch five times. You know what I mean? Well, I had to explain myself too. whenever, uh, uh, what's his name up on seven here into my building, the people who used to own the place, uh, Walsh, when they when they when they sold the AM signal, so he could buy nine pairs of bedazzled jeans. You know what I mean? The AM signal, or they didn't sell; they yes, sold the I property. Do. I had to exp- I had to explain that to everybody. So thanks a lot, <laughs> Walsh. <laughs> no, I get it. I do. And I my uh, my wife said the same thing you said. You know, uh, you know. I use, she usually turns the sound down on television and turns up the radio yeah. anyway, but. The other night, she said, I just turned on the radio. I didn't even worry about television, she said. And it was actually kind of pleasant. That was really nice coming from my wife. I, I sat in my – I blank you not on this. I sat in my living room, and I had an old jam box from, like, 1992. I clicked it on radio, had it on, and in this case, in our building, 93 WIBC, and you and Eric and John came in loud and clear. And I didn't think anything about it. I just relaxed and sat back and listened. That was me. Thank you, Peacock. Well, yeah, thank you, Peacock. I'm really, I'm loving Peacock. I love those people to death. (laughs) 
All right, we do have a bit, as I mentioned earlier, to a wrinkle tomorrow. Number of you are on 93 WIBC. They're going through Radiothon yeah. this weekend, so you guys are on with us. 93.5 yep. and 107.5, the fan. You guys are underway at 1 tomorrow? Yep, we're underway at 1 o'clock with our pregame, and 2 o'clock is tip time. Yeah. You think I'm going to hear anything about Pat Walsh's bedazzled jeans here in just a little bit? Think I'll hear something about that, or is that water under the bridge? I, I can't answer that question for you, big boy. You know better than I. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing I hear about it. So that's all right, though. That's funny. I did. I had to explain about the AM thing. I, I will say this, Don. I'm old, and people know this about me. I'm, I'm old school with a lot of things, and I just – I want – and I know you probably agree on this. I want people to be able to hear this product and it'd be easy and hear it anywhere and everywhere. And that's why I tell everybody right. every day about all the different avenues in which you can tune in because I, I want everybody to be allowed in the club. And that's, I think that's important for me. That's important for you and what you do. And, you know, I, I think that what that comes, that comes from a, a love of radio, I think. Ultimately, too. well, I think so. it, I think it does too, and and you know what? I grew up listening to radio more so than watching television because we didn't even have a television until I was like twelve years old, um, and so I listened to radio all the time when I was a kid. Loved it, and have never gotten away from it. But so many people have because of television, and I understand you want to see the, the whole thing. But the truth of the matter is, radio is still a great venue. And here's the other thing about it, John: all those alumnus. All the alumni from Indiana University all over the country can actually listen to every ball game if they want to. All they've got to do is, you know, go to my tuner radio and tune in your stations or tune in the Bloomington station and they can hear every ball game and never have to worry about TV carrying, not being able to be carrying it wherever they are. So, and of course, here's the thing, John. I went yeah. to Franklin Central High School last year. Um, yes. Uh, about a year ago and spoke to two classes there. I don't know if I told you this or not. And I have about 115, 120 kids that were in the first class that I spoke to. And the first thing I said basically is, how many of you folks listen to the radio? These are all high school kids, right? Sure. Guess how many, guess how many raised their hand? Two. two. <laughs> yeah. That's a good and guess. I went, well, yeah. I said, nice to see you, kids. See you later. Uh, because <laughs> the whole thing I was about ready to present went right down the tubes with that. So at any rate, uh, but here's the thing. No, yeah. They listened, they listened to the radio on their phones. Yes. That's what they do now. Yeah. So they don't right. even listen. They don't actually. The only time they listen to the radio is if in their car, and that's if they can get somebody to turn the damn music off. You know what I'm saying? That's, so that's exactly. Right. Yeah, that's. <laughs> and, and that's why, Don, it's important for us to tell them where we are and where you are and where it's easy. And that's why it's important for us to explain to everybody, again, all the, the different areas and avenues in which you can tune in, as you mentioned earlier, because not everybody's going to tune in on, on this radio station or on the Tuner app or, or you know, another radio station covers Indiana basketball throughout the state of Indiana. It's important to make sure we always and consistently put that message out there so people are in the know. Exactly. And Learfield, the company that I work for, that's our parent company uh, for IU Sports Properties, Learfield puts out a, a, an app now called the Varsity app, and you can get yeah. every college basketball game in the country. Any, t any time a broadcast is being done on radio, you can hear it on that website. 
In those years before you had TV in your family, did you guys sit around the radio and listen like the Waltons? <laughs> <laughs> no. My dad, my dad always wants to watch – my stepdad always wanted to watch Lawrence Welk or he wanted yes. to watch the, the Friday night fights uh, yes. brought to you by Gillette. Those are the things, yes. the two things that we had to listen to if we were going to listen to radio and TV and all that kind of stuff. And TV was, like I said, until we got one, they were not involved. But once we got one, we still weren't involved because my dad wanted to listen to Lawrence Welk and all that crap. Did you guys sing along with Lawrence Welk's shows, like sing along oh. with the songs? No, we did not want to encourage my dad that we liked it. <laughs> Lawrence Welk had the bubbles, right, floating around everywhere? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A one and the two. <laughs> and, uh, yes. I, 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 sometimes I get Lawrence Welk confused with Perry Como, but I, I thought it, that uh, Lawrence Welk had the bubbles, yeah. Yeah, he had the bubbles, exactly. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to make sure everybody here locally has IU Hoops beginning at 1 o'clock tomorrow. That is the pregame show. Uh, Auburn and Indiana tips from the State Farm Arena. That is down in Atlanta, Georgia, tomorrow at 2 o'clock. And you can catch Don Fisher and Eric Soar and John Herrick and have a good old time. You know, do you expect a big Indiana crowd to be down there? Well, this is the largest crowd uh, they've ever had for this event. This is the 10th anniversary of the Holiday uh, Hoops Giving. <laughs> mm. Don't ask me where they got the name, but this Good is name, supposedly yeah. the tenth year. Yeah, this is supposedly the tenth year for this event. Uh, Auburn has played in it the last three years now, um, and the State Farm Arena where they hold it is where the Atlanta Hawks play. But they're supposedly yeah. the biggest crowd they've ever had for this event tomorrow because it's Indiana here in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah, well, there you go right there. Good fun. Good yeah, fun. And I'll tell 11, you what, Don. Yeah, go ahead. About 11,000 tickets, I believe, have been sold for this game. It's a 16,000-seat arena. So, obviously, it's a good outcome for the, for the group that's putting this thing on. Uh, and, obviously, a lot of those 11,000 will be Indiana fans. But there will be a bunch of Auburn fans there, too, because they're only like an hour and a half away from here. Yeah, that, that, that'll make it nice for them. But, I mean, IU fans obviously will travel. When's the last time, I was thinking about this, the last time that you called a game in Atlanta, Georgia? Was that back during the Final Four of 01 or of 02? Uh, that say? would have been, I think we were here, I think we were here in 2012 when Indiana okay. played Kentucky. Yes, you're right. I forgot about that. Yeah. So. That was uh, the first year of Cody Zeller and – and Vic was a sophomore and all that kind of stuff, or junior, right. whatever he was. Yeah. I got you. All right. Hey, we'll be listening tomorrow, um, even without Peacock playing a role in it. We'll be listening coming up tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish. I wish I wish. <laughs> all right, buddy. I appreciate you. Have a great night. We'll be listening tomorrow, and uh, safe travels back here. Hey, thanks, John. Appreciate it. See you. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. I will say this, and I know that I'm in it, and I've been doing this for 19 years, and I probably wear you out to a degree on it. And I'm, bi I'm incredibly biased, but radio is such the best. It is such the best. And, and here's the other thing, and this is what I try to do, and I know probably sometimes I don't actually make it across the finish line with that, but I try to give you on a daily basis here, and then on Saturday nights, I try to give you stuff that I know that you're not going to get 
like right now when I'm on anyplace else. So that's why I always wanted you to be a destination. And people ask all the time, you know, why aren't you talking about, you know, this national story here or national story there? Because my, my thought has always been you can get that anywhere you want. You need to turn on all these other avenues and get that wherever you want. But I always want you to know that when you come here, it is going to be about stuff that you care about and about stuff that you're invested in. That's what matters the most. And in terms of, of Saturday night, I tried to do something on Saturday night that I know in the past was incredibly popular. But unfortunately, because of where we are now, has basically gone away. And that is caller-intensive music. So I play songs. You talk over the songs that you request. It's almost like you're the DJ. And you rarely, if ever, get that opportunity. That used to be a staple of radio. And for the most part, that has gone away. You know, people have asked me before, hey, you know, why don't you just voice track on Saturday night? You know, you could just voice track six hours. Well, then it wouldn't be the JMV takeover. Then it wouldn't be bringing you in. Then it wouldn't be anything unique whatsoever. Then it would be like everything else in music radio for the most part today. And I know this, if I'm going to haul ass downtown every single Saturday night from 6 until midnight, outside of the Christmas music window here, then I'm going to do something that is going to be fun and enjoyable, not just for you, but for me as well. So that's always been kind of the thought process with me and radio. And again, I know I'm incredibly biased, but that's why I will always prop up radio as much as possible. And I know Don was doing that right there. And Don was right. You know, Don mentioned that his wife Susie had kind of just relaxed and sat back and listened to her on the radio because uh, he didn't have Peacock, and that's exactly what I did the other night. And, you know, there's something to be said about it. You know, when you're in a car, it's one thing, but when you're at at home doing it, you probably rarely, if ever, do that any longer. And, man, that was, that was a uh, recall to a day that was very enjoyable. Getting a load of Peacock, check that without Peacock, and just listening to that IU-Michigan game on the radio this past Tuesday night. Hey, coaches downtown, another way that we help you out is we're trying to get you to the Steelers-Colts game coming up a week from tomorrow. Remember that. So we got Steelers-Colts tickets to give away. I've got a couple of passes to the Colts fantasy camp coming up too. Ice cold Bud Light on a Bud Light Blue Friday. Coaches Tavern downtown we got more Colts conversation, top of the hour. Colts happy hours coming straight at you and a busy show, including a lot of Pacers conversation so far today. We'll double back on that and a lot more coming up. Don't go anywhere. Live on a Bud Light Blue Friday, Coach's Tavern downtown on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Hi there. Yeah. You, you want to ask me something here? Hey, back at Coach's Tavern. You know, you want to ask me something? Yeah. Well, Bra hey, Tony, you, let, let her have question? that. No, hey, put the microphone in front of her right there. See you. You want to ask me something? You guys are having the Pacer game on the radio tomorrow night, right? You got that right. Yeah. There you go. Well, they better, right? Aaron Neesmith joined us a little bit earlier today. You got a player, Vegas. awesome. I got a player. <laughs> yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. And uh, Eddie Gill was out in Vegas, too. He joined us earlier. Busy show. Tom McCarthy of CBS. Got the Colts and the Bengals coming up on Sunday. He joined us. Mike Wells of ESPN Radio. Don Fisher 
just a moment ago as well. And Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk. Podcast everywhere. Uh, you can find it 107.5thefan.com. Tony Donahue is standing by. I want to get to him in fans place in just a second again. Coaches Tavern, Bud Light Blue Friday, downtown Steelers, Colts tickets to give away. That is next Saturday afternoon. And then we've got a pair of passes to the Colts fantasy camp. But Jeff writes this. And Jeff, I'm going to give you, this is per the end of Don and my conversation a moment ago. I love radio. I live in Greensburg and can't pick up your FM stations, but 93.1 and B are perfect. Thankfully, I can stream. And this is why, if you hear me every day, I give you every single conceivable angle to be able to listen to this show. Because I want you all. I don't want to leave anybody behind. And when I was, you know, made that joke about the selling of the property of the old AM signal, I know that I know that we're we're moving into a new era. Don't get me wrong, technology-wise, and I know that, that AM to a lot of people is is old, but I also know this that we still had a number of donut and beyond donut county listeners that love Sports talk here in central Indiana about the Colts, about the Pacers, IU, Purdue, Butler, whatever, that all of a sudden was kind of shocked. And that's why I always will give love. And that's why I always will say, even if it's old or if it's new or if it's in the future of technology, I want you to be able to get us. Because the one thing that never changes here, the one thing that never changes is how we are dedicated to giving you a level of sports talk that you simply put will not get anyplace else. And that's the focus. That's the focus of us, of this station. Whether you're talking about the morning show with Kevin and Andy or Jake and the guys in the afternoon or me, our sole focus is to give you content that you simply put you will not get anyplace else. Now, you may get it on different, again, avenues, whether it's technology or radio. Or, and I may wish that AM was still here and that signal was great. But that's, that's what we do. And that's what we're always going to do right here. And that's what makes radio the best. Thank you, Jeff, for that in Greensburg. Appreciate it. Tony Donahue of Fans Place is here right now. You guys got tickets What's to up? give away, too? Yeah, we got a bunch of stuff going on. Uh, obviously, uh, striking while the iron's out with the Pacers. So we've had Pacer contests. We have a new Pick 6 contest where you can hop on. Again, win those tokens. Come to an awesome place like Coaches. Turn it in for, for cash back. Would you throw back a few Bud Lights while watching the game uh, throughout the weekend? Uh, what a great time. You know, we talk about... Uh, you know, when it's when it's racers and pacers in May, but oh, man, yeah. to have this uh, the Colts in the midst of a playoff hunt, the Pacers uh, doing something that we've never seen before, obviously with this in in, in, in play tournament. Uh, it's been awesome. The PRI show is going on downtown right now. So now that uh, is the performance racing industry. Yes, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So that's you're going to yeah. get a lot of the, the people that, that maybe own their own custom shop or they they own their own race team. It's I mean, there is a boat ton of people there. Um, coaches, a place like this will be hopping tonight. It's going to be all, it's awesome for the city. And then you get the excitement of the game coming up tomorrow night. Pacers out in Vegas. Now, you have any drivers that attend this? Yeah, I saw, who did I see? I saw Santino Ferrucci, Rico Abreu, Kyle Larson's there. A lot of them, Tony Stewart is there. You come and do some autograph sessions. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it's great. So people from all over the country are here. It's one of the biggest uh, racing industry shows in the country. Obviously, what a perfect place to have it here in Indianapolis. And got to go over there, host a podcast, talk about the fans' place and kind of the uh, the predictive contest that we do for IndyCar. And our friends at the shop put yeah. up all the 
all the uh, all the shirts and prizes for that. So so that was cool. And uh, shout out, I'd... shout out to Brian and Alex at the yep. shop in Broad Ripple and Carmel. So it kind of worked out. Figured I'd slide on over, say hello to you, enjoy a nice cold Bud Light, and uh, I get to go to your old stomping grounds tomorrow. I've got a double header uh, at Terre Haute. Really? I've got Rose Holman boys and girls hoops tomorrow. Well. Against Mount St. Joseph. That's, so new, that's, that's still new to me when you say Rose Holman girls, because yep. when I went to Indiana State, just all those dorks over there with their slide rules and their Texas Instruments calculators yeah. had to run over in their sweatpants <laughs> to my parties to get the sniff whatsoever of one girl. Yeah, well, one girl would be around. Imagine how many lives you changed with that, John. Well, I mean, those those nerds still didn't get anything, but I mean, they did come over and they 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 put five dollars. They put five dollars in for the beer, and you. Uh, oh, I yeah. switch. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was Bush Live, but you said it was Heineken yeah. or something yeah. along no, those lines. I switched back in the yeah. day. We, we mean, switched. We switched the cap in the yeah, day. But that's, no, there's no, nothing but, wrong with that. But, but the moral of the story is the the uh, nerds that I'm talking about from Rose Holman in the day are much more successful yeah. than I have been. So <laughs> much making much You're more money. Successful, don't say and, yourself uh, short. Yes. So anyway, hey, how can people get some tickets from you? Yeah. So uh, our our contest for we got Colts tickets for next weekend coming up here over the next week or so. Be sure to check those out. Download the Fans Place on either Google Play Store yeah. or the Apple Store. Um, check it out. Play in our free contest. You get 10 in a row on our daily questions. You win 100 bucks cash straight sent to your Venmo. Uh, $1,000, you get to 20 Also, we've been doing these cool pick sixes where you're picking six quick answers uh, on an upcoming game, whether it's the Pacers. Obviously, last night that was a big one. And, uh, again, you, you, you take these tokens to a local place like Coaches, which we love so much. And shout out to T. Sud, who's out in Vegas right now. He is. I bet he's going to go to the Pacer Laker game tomorrow oh, night, I mean, too. I think that's you're going to have to, yeah. right, if you're out there. But you come here, you say, hey, I came threw back a few Bud Lights, had some awesome food. You upload that receipt to our app. You say, hey, I want to turn in 200 of my TFP tokens. We say, boom, no problem. We'll send that money cash back to your Venmo so or PayPal. So it's been cool. We've been growing. Thanks to you. Thanks to Bud Light and Zinc. And uh, we're trying to get more bars on every week. Different. I've reached out to your friends at Puccini's, too. That's a great pizza spot. Oh, but, yeah, it is. Uh, we'll see. So, uh, yeah, it's been fun. It's been awesome. And uh, it's crazy that we're already into mid-December here with uh, – with Bud Light Blue Fridays. Man, that is. It, and you know what? It's also great the fact that we could get another one, an yeah. add-on that we haven't seen. Yeah. See you later, buddy, in a while, considering they're right now in the thick of things they yeah. have seen in the playoff picture. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's exciting. People, you know, as you know, uh, people love when the Colts are winning, when the Pacers are winning. Yep. It makes for better ratings. People want to watch, listen. And for us, people want to get into our contest uh, we gave away one of the one of the Pacers uh, beanie hats for the Monday night game uh, when they defeated the Boston Celtics, and we'll continue to give out a bunch of stuff. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's it's an alternative to gambling. We appreciate you having us on. And uh, what a weekend with the Pacers tomorrow night. I think they can get it done. And and the Colts really controlling their own destiny. I've been saying it for a couple weeks. I mean, you look at the schedule; they should be favored in every game the rest of the year. And uh, I'm looking to see what the what the horseshoe can do. And it's going to be really difficult on on Sunday too. I think it's more difficult than what people believe. Yeah, yeah, and not just. Coming off Brownie's of that playing Monday really night. well. I mean, but, he, he showed on Monday night. But they have they have players at positions that the Colts really struggle against. Yeah. And, I mean, they have the guys like Chase and Higgins yeah. and Boyd at positions against that Colts secondary that and is a bit frightening. Did you see the – I think I think it was Chase today. His quote, I think he was four, – he's 14 catches away from yeah. 100. And, obviously, there's incentives and bonuses that go into that in your contract, not only for this year, but – the remainder of your career and 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 you know they said we're going to go for it so you got to make sure as our buddy rick venturi always says you know keep keep the quarterback position in the phone booth 
and don't allow those deep plays over the top. Got, got to get pressure. Got to get consistent pressure yeah. on Sunday. All right, one more time. Fans Place. Yeah, check out get the you? Fans Place app. Check us out on Twitter. Uh, we're, we're very active. We try to interact with all of our friends, especially our, our buddy Big Glenn. And, uh, Big Glenn's Download it. Uh, check into one of our awesome bars here in the city, including coaches, and uh, have some fun and uh, let us know your feedback. And we're just going to keep growing and have some more fun with it. All right, Tony. Rose Holman, boys and girls. Yeah, it'll be fun tomorrow. I'll I, I tell you what, Rose Holman out there, I love where they school, are. Man. It it's is a great, a great campus over there. Beautiful so. campus. I had a uh, – it was just crazy. I, and I know that you and I played – on a basketball court thousands of times in our lives. We had the uh, Covenant Christian Greenwood Christian game last night. And yeah. uh, one of their best players ended up dislocating that's, his ankle. And it I was, saw that. It was, yeah. he had 15 points. So the McIntyre family, I believe his dad's the principal down at GCA. Oh, really? A great school down there. So, yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of GCA is a, a nice place. I mean, yeah. Laney will work out over there with uh, the Marlin group. Occasionally yep. they work out over in there. I've and, played uh, there a few times. Good people. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of like racing, right? You see, you see a crash and you use the driver getting out and then when that person yeah. doesn't get up, it's kind of, it's a little scary, but they had, they had their silent night at Covenant Christian. That was cool, so. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that, I time. think they're doing that at Whiteland tonight, yeah. too. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Taylor, I think Taylor University yeah. started it and then everybody's kind of adopted the tradition and it's, I think the IHSA loves it. It's a way to bring both fan bases together and, uh, here we are. We're already in December. Lots of high school and college basketball going on, and we're, uh, we're I think I think we said this earlier. We're more excited about the Pacers right now than I think we ever have been because of this in-season tournament. They're taking it serious. This is a chance to get that playoff type of atmosphere, yeah. that playoff type experience that you just can't duplicate. And for a young team like the Pacers, this is huge. And I I think it's awesome. They're taking advantage of the opportunity and. They're going to give Lakers all, all all they can handle tomorrow, and I think they win. It has never been as exciting in this time of year. For the Pacers. No. I mean, this no. time of year ever has never been this Not even exciting. with, like, a big rookie, yeah. like, you know, because right. it just, it's just, this has been it, so. And they, they needed all of this, too. They, yeah. they needed what they're getting hype-wise nationally. Yep. They, they have, like, Gamebridge Fieldhouse has the watch party, yep. and they're sold out on yep. a watch party tomorrow night. And, and that's perfect with the new Bicentennial Plaza next yep. door, with the All-Star game right around the corner, what, two months away yep. already? So that's going to be huge. That momentum is going to continue to fire, and, uh, you know, you know where I'm from. I'm from the armpit. I'm from the region. People always ask, why, do, why didn't you live in Chicago? And I said, well, <laughs> look at all the sporting events I've gone through yep. here in the, state of Indi or in the state of Indiana and the city of Indianapolis. So it's been a lot of fun and looking forward to it. You got it, man. It's Tony Donahue, you, Donnie, you fans the place right there. Yeah, right, heck yeah, man. Win. Heck yeah. They should win. Nah, it's yep. been good across the board. Tony Donahue, fans Thanks, place. Buddy. Thanks, Tony. Good to see you. I'll talk to you. All right, we're live at Coach's Tavern. We'll come back. Remember, Colts happy hours at the top of the hour. We got Steelers Colts tickets to give away. We also got a pair of passes to the Colts fantasy camp as well. Don Fisher a little bit earlier, IU Auburn. This reminder, too. 2 o'clock tomorrow is the tip. 1 o'clock is the pregame. That's right here. Normally, it's on 93 WIBC. Tomorrow, it is on 93.5 and 107.5. The fan. You have Alabama and Purdue tomorrow. That's the Hall of Fame series up in Toronto. I think everybody's staked out in Toronto looking for Otani right now. I don't know if they're going to find him or not. But Boilermakers and Zach Eady going back home in Canada for that game. 1.30 is that tip tomorrow. I believe that's a Fox game tomorrow afternoon, too. Actually, Big Ten teams got some really interesting matchups across the board coming up tomorrow. And um, keep in mind, too, 
IU Auburn here, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan tomorrow. And I would mentioned earlier, and then all of a sudden, right as I started the show, it was sold out. Gamebridge Fieldhouse has a watch party for the Pacers and the Lakers in the in-season tournament finale from Vegas tomorrow night. And that watch party has been sold out. And that just goes to show you exactly how fired up and thirsty this fan base is. Pacers, Colts, all of it for a winner. It's something I've been telling you about for a while. People just get sick and tired. Good to see you, man, and fed up. And they want to see their team win. And this past week has been phenomenal for the Pacers, organizationally speaking, for the team, and for the fan base. And we'll see if the Colts can continue to follow suit in a very important game against the Bengals in Cincinnati coming up on Sunday. Quick break. We'll come back with you right here on this show for a final time at Coach's Tavern with Bud Light and get you set for Colts happy hour at the top of the hour. This is 93.5 and 107.5, the fan. I've been a busy day here. I want to thank everybody involved. Coach's Tavern, our friends at Zank on a Bud Light Blue Friday. Give away those Steelers Colts tickets in a bit, too. Steelers, actually, I don't know who helped more last night, the Steelers or the Patriots. The Steelers, by being awful, especially offensively, with Mitchell Trubisky and being booed unmercifully. That's a bad word right there, isn't it? I can't pronounce that with a darn. Um, or the Patriots for behind Bailey Zappi putting up 240 yards, three touchdowns, and compared to one interception and 21 points. Man, both teams gave the Colts a little helper going into this weekend right there. And the Patriots, a 21-18 winner to start out week 14 of the NFL on the road in Pittsburgh last night. I mentioned the Colts and the Bengals. It's coming up on Sunday at 1 o'clock. Tom McCarthy, play-by-play voice on CBS, joined us a little bit earlier. He and Jay Feely and James Blackman will be a part of that broadcast. Bengals are 6-6 six and six and still have a great deal of belief. And more so than belief, if they could get any sort of play whatsoever once again in back-to-back situations out of Jake Browning, you're looking at Jamar Chase, you're looking at T. Higgins, you're looking at Tyler Boyd, and those are guys that the Colts will struggle with containing. I mean, anybody would, honestly. But the Colts certainly, because of their secondary situation, that is going to be a struggle. And then you look at it even further regarding the Colts, got to get quarterback pressure. That is an absolute must. Quarterback pressure. Coming up on Sunday, something we'll talk about during Colts Happy Hour, and I'll bring up once again as well, coming up on Sunday morning with uh, Colts pregame huddle. And we'll be uh, in studio for that one. But again, 1 o'clock, Colts and Bengals can be heard on Sunday right here. 10 a.m., we will start the Colts pregame huddle. Me and Bill Brooks and the Goreman and the Colts and the Bengals week 14 over in Cincinnati. Once again, you get the Pacers, you get the Bucks coming up tomorrow night, 8.30. That game, ABC and a standalone, which is such a big stinking deal. Make no mistake about how big of a deal that is. That is coming up tomorrow night in Las Vegas, which should be a blast. That can be heard right here as well. And again, regarding that viewing party, viewing party, is now sold out at Gambridge Fieldhouse. That's coming up tomorrow night. And you get the Pacers and you get the Lakers in the in-season NBA 
tournament, going for the cup. This has been really, in terms of what it has done, it has been bigger than you can even imagine for this Pacer team. And while for other teams, for example, like the Lakers tomorrow night, it may not be that big of a deal. You know, they're on nationally all the time, so on and so forth. It is a huge deal for the Pacers, and it has been this week. This has been a fantastic week for them. Eddie Gill a little bit earlier, Pacers radio. Aaron Neesmith, Pacers guard. Pacers swingman, Pacers defensive specialist a little bit earlier too. Bob Lovell, Mike Wells, Tom McCarthy, Don Fisher, Tony Donahue of Fans Place. Podcast 1075thefan.com. Up next, it's Colts Happy Hour live from Coach's Tavern downtown on a Bud Light Blue Friday with 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan.